Content warning. The following programme will contain adult subject matter and language that some people may find offensive. If you are annoyed by things like this, this is probably not the show for you. For everyone else, here's the AFTN Soccer Show. Previously on AFTN. I, I loved it when Germany had Kuntz playing for them. Although some folk do f- still feel that Germany have a lot of Kuntz playing for them. But back in the day, Kuntz was always one of my favourite guys. Well, he helped knock out England in 96 in the Euros. Oh, yeah, talking about Kuntz. Anyway. play FC Cincinnati every week that is the the burning question that we are going to answer tonight I think the answer is going to be no but who knows welcome everyone you are listening to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia I am Michael McCall I am Zachary Adam Eisenheimer and I'm Gideon Hill and as you may notice we are missing Steve, the fun pander this week. <laughs> he is unfortunately currently serving a, a one-week ban for inappropriate behaviour. He said the word fucking last week's show. And as, as you know, if you say fucking <laughs> this show, that gives you a one-week ban. So he's in the naughty corner, he's on the naughty step. We hope he's listening at home and enjoying this. Now, we will warn you right off the bat that this week's show, this month in fact, is it's a bit more edgy than usual. Some more biting humour, some language that may offend the more sensitive listeners. Uh, you've been warned. We'll mark it not suitable for work, but frankly, if you work somewhere that doesn't like that kind of language, I, I would argue that your work is not suitable for you. Definitely not suitable for me, so I'm currently unemployed. <laughs> the big reason that we're having to do this, though, is it's because I've been looking forward to this for a while. Our Artists of the Month for August are Edinburgh Rappers. I know how much Zach loved Mad Hat McGore when we played him non-stop back in the day. So we thought, we'll bring you some banging tunes, as I think the the young kids say these days, from the Edinburgh hip-hop scene. So we're going to be featuring a lot of that. Parts two and three tonight, we're going to have a 
song in, in each of those parts. So obviously that's going to mean a lot of swearing. There is going to be a lot of fucks in there. You could say there's some more fucks than some of the white caps have shown on the pitch this year. Not yesterday though, where the lads, most of the men away, were in battling form. They came from behind, put in a performance to get their first win since May 25th. And as we talked about last week, when you look at the cap schedule for the remainder of the season, the Cincinnati game was the one game that stood out that they could probably get a win from. Even then, you couldn't guarantee it because after six minutes in, you're like, ah, this is not going well. 1-0 down by that point, under the cosh, and it was looking bleak again. But they steadied, they fought back to level before half time, won it late on, having to deal with a bit more pressure at the start of the second half. Three points aside, what this should do for the team's mental state should be massive. For the first time in a long time, they didn't look resigned to defeat after falling behind. They showed the fighting spirit we saw a couple of months ago. And it was the first win that they've had all season after falling behind after eight losses and three draws. Surely, guys, this is going to be the confidence booster this team has needed. (laughs) (laughs) You're not so confident. Well, I mean... The confidence boost they need, uh, I, yeah, I think it'll it'll bring them confidence. I do. You, you, you can't overstate or you can't understate the fact that it was against the, like the worst team in the league. Yeah. Right. Right. Like so. Yes. You find a team that's worse than us. Yeah, it should help with morale. But does this make them world beaters overnight? No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think it's hard not to look past the opponent, but if you're the Whitecaps, you have a win, you have three points in your back pocket. Yes, you're still nine points behind the playoff race, but a win's a win. Uh, I think getting one on the road as well will help with uh, the next game and, and Portland next week with confidence and be able to go to, a, I guess you wouldn't say tough environment at Nippert Stadium, but a tough environment next week and kind of prepare for that and get acclimated to the, the, to the tough supporters. But good win uh, nonetheless, and morale will definitely bo- uh, be boosted, as uh, Zach said. I mean, we've got to be brutally honest. It was, as gutsy as it was, as fighting as it was, it wasn't a good game. And it was against a a team that's a bit of a shambles. If anything, it kind of showed you just how far behind the pack both teams actually are. Did you think the game was terrible? I didn't enjoy it at all. First half, and for a lot of the second, yeah, I was kind of had it more on the background, actually. Did you enjoy that? Well, uh, it it was... uh... It was fun to watch players that um, people that I've known for a long time. I don't know that. Oh, yeah. that, that Never to see changed, Darren, Darren Maddox, Maddox, Darren Maddox and Kendall Watson. <laughs> I, I enjoy. And then Kakuda later, uh, Pamudukan. So yeah, I, I don't know. I found it more. I found it more engaging than some other matches this year. That's for sure. Well, it, it was sloppy defending by the Caps for the first goal, failing to clear the ball, tucked away nicely, but that was nothing compared to the sloppy defending by Cincinnati for the Caps equaliser. Fantastic strike by Inbom, I've got to say that, but whoa, absolutely horrible defending by Cincy. What was bigger, Zach? The split in the White Cats locker room last season or the one between Kendall's legs that let that ball go through? Oh, my. Oh, well, I, I would agree with the majority of the players that the the divide in the locker room was not uh, was not all it uh, not all some people tried to make it out to be. So you're so, saying Kendall's legs were wider. 
unfortunately, unfortunately, on this this particular play, yes, it was unfortunately. Obviously, hadn't prayed hard enough this week, but maybe next week <laughs> you, he'll, you he'll know, come back. You know that has nothing to do with it. He, but he's always he's always saying that's why. Yeah, he's praying, but I I don't think. He, well, I can't speak for him, but yeah, I don't I don't think he would be someone who prays for the result. I was going to speak. I think to safety and, and do I, I, I no injury voice, but I thought no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Pray for no injuries, safety, whatever. Sure, but result, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see that. So, obviously, God hates Cincinnati, <laughs> but it was a great strike by Inbom, and where has that been for so much of this year? Three goals now, but I expected more. That's maybe given us a little bit of a taste of what what we can get next year from him. Is, yeah. is that the open play leader in goal scoring now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, yeah well, if you include, <laughs> if you include uh, cavalry, the cavalry goal, then yes, because Montero oh, right. is two from open play as well. So right. yeah. yeah, and MLS is just dire. <laughs> but it, great strike. Yeah, and as as uh, MDS has been saying all year, it's, this is kind of a, a not a transition, but kind of an ease into it for Inbom. This he knew he wasn't going to be the standout player this year, but you're kind of seeing now why he's in the fold, why he's brought in his younger player, a younger DP. Um, a couple times in the game, I, I noticed his his through balls weren't working. But full credit to him, you know. Instead of you know trying to pick out a teammate off a corner, just take the shot. You never know what's going to happen. That play found itself through. Unfortunately, well, unfortunately for Cincinnati, two wide open legs and uh, split him like a, a bowling pin. But it was still a, a, a nice idea from Minbaum to take the shot right away. After that second half, Cincinnati kind of took it to us a little bit in in the opening stages, but. Kind of held on, had a couple of chances. It kind of though the winning goal, it felt like it came from out of nowhere, and I thought it's going to be a one-all draw. At least that's something to build on. But wow, just as everyone wrote it up, Tybert cutting it back to Felipe. I mean, everyone saw that coming. If you had money on who was going to score the winner, it would have been that combination. It was a nice finish, and I- I'm pleased. A, for Tybert getting the assist, but for Felipe in particular, sweeping that ball home, hopefully that's going to do really good for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I like Felipe. I like Felipe, and uh, I know the people at the beginning of the year were nice to him because because of you know how last year ended and the, yeah. and his how he expressed his concern about uh things from 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 the previous season, previous season so people were it didn't last long a lot it of the did, yeah though. yeah exactly it didn't last long so i i i super happy for him cuz i think especially these last couple of games he's uh he's he's put in a lot of, a lot of hard work in these last couple of games and i think it showed the team's gotten results and it was kind of uh uh, a nice reward for him in in in, uh, in getting the goal. Yeah, and for a team that's been in, in a tough patch the last little bit, and you're you know you guys like Reina and the gone Venuto maybe not producing. It's nice to see hardworking guys like Tybert Felipe who maybe don't get the credit for goal scoring to be able to get on the end of that. Um, and the 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 will from Tybert to get to the byline cut it back. Did you did you guys see? I forget where it was or who said it. Or I saw someone make some comment, some smart aleck comment that was just like, even on his assist for the goal. Russell Tybert passed backwards. <laughs> oh, I did not see that, but that is genius. Whoever said that, well done. It, it was yeah. a Christmas tree formation again, and it, again the midfield looked better than it's looked for weeks. The last two games with this four-three-two-one, it seems to suit at least this midfield three of Wong, Felipe, and, and Tybert. 
Yeah, and oh, well, I mean, the Christmas tree. I'm sure you're you're happy to note that they were, uh, you know, generous with their gift giving and gave away the opening goal. <laughs> but no, I I I think the it, it, when you look at the game as a whole, I, I think you're right. I think that there there was some cohesion between 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 those three in, in midfield in terms of creating a more solid, uh, especially defensive kind of grouping. And I think it helps having uh, Cornelius and Godoy back there. Godoy, again, not very confident in the ball as we've seen the past couple of games, but those kind of players yeah. that like to pass out of the back to have uh, an outlet rather than just bombing it upfield where we've seen in, in games past to, to the forwards in this case. I, I do wonder if Godoy's a bit tired now. Well, yeah, he's played... Thir- yeah, he was, the- he was ever-present. Yeah. And then he's, he started to dip a little bit now. We talked about it on last week's show how Cavalry had told us like, we see him actually as the weak link, so we're targeting him. And he, he, he's been struggling the last couple of games. I don't know, maybe his confidence has been knocked as well. I don't know if it helped coming in, not starting against Minnesota, then having to come in for Daniel Henry was injured. So obviously not easy to be thrown into that uh, situation. But Steve, who's listening live, <laughs> uh, says that it was, the back pass tweet was from JJ. Oh, friend of the show. Who will not like the swearing. He'll be clutching his pearls. He, he's not a big fan of swearing. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Surprising because he swears like a trooper at training. <laughs> but it was a good, on the whole, a good defensive performance. The midfield looked better. That attack, though, like talking of tired, Theo Bear looked tired, and, and Mark DeSantis referenced that after the match. Freddie Montero looked frustrated, felt they like had to do it all himself. Gideon wasn't happy with him during the game, had sent me a message. <laughs> and Joaquin Adiez apparently was starting. And on that pitch, I, I didn't notice him until he got subbed off. Yeah. He was invisible. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. So in one sense, in one sense, yes, I agree with you. He, he did not have a good performance. He did not look good. I, I, I have, you have to at least partially question the service, and like I don't think there was a there wasn't a a lot for him to work with. No. But at the same time, he didn't go out of his way. To um, you know, make make his presence known in the game. And to be fair, I kind of hold myself responsible for that because <laughs> were you crime fighting the night before? We've been working on him being incognito <laughs> and undercover. And I, I I told him off the pitch, off the pitch, but his, his English still isn't very good, and I I just think he misunderstood that. Yeah, and I, I mean, it also didn't help that he wasn't set up in his <laughs> his proper, uh, I, I guess starting spot as he is a, a target striker quote-unquote but again he needs to make more of an Im- impact if he's going to be starting as a dp on loan he needs to make an impact and, and stake a claim to be in the lineup next year and didn't do that um at, at all yesterday to be honest but again that's part of the problem i don't think i don't think his position in the christmas tree was the problem i think well, what's the big fairy up top <laughs> do you do you put a f- okay we uh, put, yeah we, i have fairies on mine oh. anyways but 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 the the thing is for me is there wasn't anything for him to hold up like really felt like. Oh, that's true, because again, although the midfield played better, we're looking at that from a defensive point of view because creative wise they were still not doing anything. Yeah, but there again there was no link up player between the midfield three and the strikers. Like yeah. Bear was having to drop back so much and he was going out wide to get the ball, whereas if you have a Rainer or Benuda in this case, they go to the ball and then kind of yeah. play it forward. But again. Availability issues are, are yeah, something you, it boils down to. You really notice no Reina. Like, yes. It's very evident. Yeah. He wasn't at training on Wednesday, and we were told, oh, he's just having a, a rest. 
and then obviously it's an ankle injury. And it was a very interesting lineup on at training on Wednesday, which is still a few days before the game and stuff like that. But Venuto was playing in with the starters, so for him then to go the next day, it's like, oh, that was unexpected. But yeah, they were missing Jordy Rayner. They were missing uh, leading offensive scorer Daniel Henry, <laughs> who, when we asked him how he was doing, he's like, oh, not good, man, not good. It's like he's going for tests. It's really, really painful for him. So, so John, John Herbin knew what he was talking about. Well, it's not his hamstring, so no, he didn't. Oh, okay. I'm glad he's been part of the back four sometimes, though. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, it was a, a good performance. <laughs> it was a good performance, missing some of your key players. And we don't know, will they be back for this next game in Portland? Because th- this Portland game, it, well, first of all, it's the... First season, I am not going to have made any Cascadia trips because I'm not going down to it. You know, Gideon, you're going. Are you heading down? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you two guys are going down to to make up for it because I, I I'm going to be missing it. I'm going to be missing the atmosphere, being amongst. Dude, all you the, went to Calgary this year. I know, but I'm going to miss the Timbers fans. So oh yeah, oh, I thought yeah. to get me in the mood for the game, I'm just going to play the Cantina scene from Star Wars. So I'll, <laughs> I'll just feel that I'm actually at, at Piggy Park instead. <laughs> It's it's one of these oh, games, like today they lost 1-0 to Minnesota. And how that just finished 1-0, I don't know, because both teams had so many chances in that. Brian Fernandez is looking He's so good. phenomenal. Him against this Whitecaps defence, we've talked about, yeah, they've turned it around a little bit the last couple of games. This is their test because well, this is going to be tough. If he's able to turn Aikapara, former MLS Defender of the Year, inside out, mm. um, it really causes headaches for Godoy and, and Cornelius. But yeah, he hasn't had to face the Whitecaps yet, so we'll, we'll see what what kind yeah. of damage he does. But we're still in touch with him now after their defeat today. <laughs> As Russell Beresford tweeted, the, "The chase is on. <laughs> These nine points are nothing. Yes, we've played more games than anyone. Yes, we've only got nine games left to play. Twenty-seven points on the table. <laughs> it's one really. I've taken my optimist pills before I, I came right. in." At least I think your math skills too as well. Really. <laughs> it, I was it, say, it, was, it was just marked transcendence. So I was like, "Oh, it must be." I was going to say, good. "You embarrassed for enjoying the the sarcasm." Yeah. Oh, if anyone has tuned in for transcendence, <laughs> get this out earlier this week. Yeah, Mike is away for the next couple of weeks, so yeah, listen to us, especially for part five, because we have got a, a techno tune coming up in our cracking in our wave some cracking music and, on the way. Yeah, later. we'll have the glow sticks and everything. For this this game in Portland, do you see us sticking with a four two three one? It's four three two one. Four three two one. I don't yeah. know if I, I don't know why I just want a two man. Well, you're so field. used That's to terrifying. a four two three one. Yeah, with yeah. a four three two one, it's working. I can't see why you would change it. I think that one of the only reasons you might want to change it is because maybe Portland will be ready for it. Mm. Uh, that that could be one one reason, but it, I think it's hard to. To go away from something that has gotten you two very positive away results, and, yeah. and full credit to full credit to MDS on this, right? I think when we first saw it right before the, the the Minnesota game, I think a lot of people were like, "What is going on here? Like this just it didn't it didn't seem wise. It didn't seem and and, and I, I I felt even maybe more so after seeing the starting lineup yesterday, and I was just like. Okay, so it, not just the Christmas tree formation, but, but the, the bench. The, oh, the bench was well, no, horrific. Not, not even the bench. If we had to chase that game, it was bad. But, but the, those three guys, like you, you had the Colombian, you had Ardes, and you had Bear all on the pitch, and I was just like, how? 
how are they going to def- like how are they going to defend well? Like it was it just it felt like it was it felt like it was set up not well, and I I was wrong. Hmm. Yeah, I I think it's for me it's based on availability, um, and I guess you don't have to shut down Portland right now because they're held scoreless today, but they're still a very dangerous team in their own right. But if you say you know Bears tired and Ardes maybe didn't have the greatest game, and Bengur is fit, even if come off the bench at halftime set him up that way so maybe you are either chasing the game or you're set up to score and then kind of shut up shop later in the game. Yeah, I mean, they, they put all their attacking eggs in the starting basket yesterday. Totally. I, I can't see them doing that in Portland. I think, it, of course, we might have some new additions. We're going to look at that in, in part two that, that might add to that. Quick predictions then from, from you guys. Are you going to have a fun weekend? Well, I'm gonna they, have, I'm gonna have a great weekend. Oh, it's gonna be oh, it's always fun going to Portland. It's always always enjoyable. I'm, I uh, was almost tempted. You should go. Uh, there's there's still on, time, Michael. Michael. Yeah, oh. it's not the final score, but yeah, <laughs> you won't be away from any numbers next weekend. No, true. Yeah. Uh, I'm going for a three 0 Portland win. Wow, uh, I I agree with you. I think that Portland will win. And uh, put the nail in the Cascadia Cup at- attempt for Vancouver this year. Uh, I-, I think it's going to be more. Th- I think Vancouver is going to get one, but yep, I, I think, think so too. I think it could. It, I think it's going to be more than two. I think it could be three or possibly even four one. Mm-hmm. Happy to be proven wrong, but I think that's. You're always optimistic, Gideon. Yeah, see, I think Portland being shut out today really, if not. Angered let them, the, yeah. <laughs> angered them, lit the proverbial fire. But um, I think it's going to be a four-one Portland game. Whitecaps snagging a goal in the second half in about the seventieth minute. E. Uh, I'm channeling Steve. Steve, I believe, thinks we're going to win two 0 If if you disagree, Steve, you can shoot me a text because I know know you're listening right now. Uh, oh. Update. <laughs> Steve says five-one to the Timbers. Oh, his well, optimism then. has gone yes. on his vacation. <laughs> Obviously, had even, a, even though the Whitecaps' results have skyrocketed these last two years. Well, he's been on a zip line today, so obviously it's all downhill <laughs> now after that. And he survived, so he was worried about that. So, well done, Steve. I am hoping that the goal yesterday is going to have unlocked Felipe a little bit, and we might see the Felipe of old, the Felipe that we saw with all those assists and goals in Montreal and in New York, and even last year. Initially, he was contributing well to the team, so I'm hoping this has maybe given him some confidence and and given him some of his superpowers back. I thought with him scoring yesterday, it was probably the ideal opportunity for us to launch one of our new food segments that I've had in my pocket for a while. So this all stems from a misunderstanding when I asked Felipe what his favourite biscuit or cookie was when we did the the chocolate digestive section. With my accent, he thought I said cooking. I went on a big thing about what you like to cook. (laughs) So cooking with the caps is gone. So instead, I thought we would go with, what's for lunch, mum? What do you like to cook? Mostly... You know, Italian stuff. You know, I really like pasta. Try different things, but very plain stuff. I keep it healthy. That's great. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. 
Felipe there. Now, you might think I only played that because I wanted to play that song. Yes, the song was probably four times as long as Felipe's answer, but there we go. It's something where we are going to look. We'll, we'll chat to lots of white cats about what they like to cook, what their healthy lunch options were. Maybe give some of us unhealthy people some tips. Or am I just speaking for myself there? I don't know. But that is it for part one. We're going to be back in part two with a, a look at the Whitecaps News of the Week and some of the big MLS News of the Week. And we're going to be back as well with our first song from our Artists of the Month, Edinburgh Rappers. So just remember, when you hear the music next, it might have some little sweary words in. But we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I really love this band. Yes. Which, if anyone doesn't know what Aldrike is, that is the name for the city of Edinburgh. Also, the nickname I give my wife, because her feet. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> you are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, oh. 101.9 FM. It's okay, she's not listening. Broadcasting from the unceded Moscow and Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. She's away for the weekend. Poor Caitlin. She's left me alone all weekend. She went over to the island to see her dad. So it's just been non-stop football I've had on the TV. It's been fantastic. Wait, it's not normally like that? Well, it is normally like that, but I don't feel so guilty this time because she, oh. she's not here. But that was Leith to Gorgie by Word, Wardy Burns and Butler from Project Aldrichi Volume 2. And Word and Wardy Burns are two very prominent Edinburgh rappers that will feature a lot this month, along with Mad Hat McGore, who is coming up in part three. Of course. But now, we're going to go back to some Whitecaps chat. What's that you say? You want some more Edinburgh rap? No, okay, you want some Whitecaps chat. Okay. So, yes, the Whitecaps. The losing run had become a winless run. Now it's become an unbeaten run. I think when there's more than one game, we can say it's unbeaten. I'm, I'm going with that. Optimist hat is on. And we might see some new faces in the, the team this coming week. We've had a renewal this week. We've had a departure. And an all but confirmed addition with some other rumours floating around as well. So let's start with Lucas Finito. We hardly knew you. He's gone. Released on a free... After the Whitecaps paid a hundred thousand transfer fee for him, 
and gave New York City FC 150 in GAM and gave him quite a high salary. That is not the cost-effective budgetary things that we're used to from the Whitecaps front office. Did they just make a mistake? Has he not worked out? Could there be maybe a little bit more to it that we don't know about? Well, hey, let's just say it was no Breck Shea, okay? So they've done worse, <laughs> but you're right. Usually they try and hide... He scored hi- goals, so yeah, he was no Breck They usually try and hide these kinds of uh, poor, valuation, <laughs> poor valuations. Um, I believe I- his family had just joined him or they, they were scheduled to join him in July, so I'm assuming they well, have joined him now, but maybe... Maybe something happened and they didn't. In some quarters, know. I heard that he maybe he had a clause or an, or maybe it was just an agreement with uh, MDS that should a Brazilian club come in for mm-hmm. him, that they would mutually... Yes, maybe. Well, the rumours are Santos is where he's going to end up, yeah. which interestingly, and I don't think anyone's talked about this, also on Santos's books is Costa Rican midfielder Brian Ruiz. Yeah. The rumour that will just not go away that he is coming to the, the Whitecaps... I don't know that I see that as being a, a great move at his age on this turf, no. how MDS wants to play, but the rumour's still out there, so maybe it's a little sweetener to, to take Ruiz the other way. The only time the Brian Ruiz uh, rumours ever made sense to me was when Kendall was here, mm. uh, but it, only because of that. I don't think Brian, yeah. Ruiz, Brian Ruiz has ever been a, the type of player that would be good in Vancouver because they'd have to pay him uh, a considerable amount, but he wouldn't be the draw that that uh, they could probably get for what they what they're going to have to pay him or what they, yeah. what they would have to pay him. And like you said, yeah, I think the turf might be an issue for him, but also he's just not like a very. I've never creative. known him to be. Well, he's just got some creativity, but he's never bit. never known to be like a very quick player. No, and Vancouver is like they're calling out for some quick attacking players. We need a, a midfielder Gideon that can stamp his authority in the game. He could probably do that, but I just don't know that attacking-wise and how MDS really wants to play, which we haven't seen this year, obviously with the high press and stuff, that he fits into that at all. Yeah, we, we've seen it with some good deliveries for the Tigos in, in the World Cup and, and qualifying, but you're looking for a Jordi Reyna-esque player with the kind of pace that can change a game, as you mentioned, put a stamp in the game. Um, whip a ball in or even you know score a cracking goal from outside the box which we've seen from rain in the past but you just kind of need to add on to that um, and even push rain out wide and maybe give him some more wide play because we are very limited out there right now bare bones if you will yeah and one thing i guess this is a, as good a time to mention as any the season ticket renewals for the white caps <laughs> went out on august 1st with which a, is not the normal date yeah i get yeah. out of jail free card oh yeah or you can risk-free cancel your, your season tickets by the end of January. If, paraphrasing, the Whitecaps haven't lived up to your expectations and made the big moves that you would want them to make in the summer. So Brian Ruiz is not the kind of name no. that would get people going, oh, I'm renewing my season ticket, but he would be commanding quite a hefty salary. So whether they've got other things already lined up that they're making this promise... I don't know, or it's a risk or a lot of pressure on MDS because he has to deliver now in this window. He kind of had to anyway, maybe just for his own job, but in general now the expectations have been raised, I think, by this announcement. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, but, it, I mean, it is also a, very much a desperation movement, right? And it's also something that shouldn't be super hard for them to back up because they have the money. 
the the money is not the issue. It's the spending and spending it well that's the issue. Not only do, do they, you know, as an ownership group, have just have money, but they have the Alfonso Davies money that needs to be used in a in a meaningful way. <laughs> well, if you listen to Pete Shar on the radio, they've already used it by securing three scouts. Right. Three of the four scouts haven't appointed the the, the head. head of scouting yeah. yet, head of recruitment, and they're not going to name who the the scouts are. Which is smart. Yeah. Very smart, because then people won't know who they're going to watch for, etc., yeah. etc. We'll name them here, obviously. So, number one. <laughs> Steve no, Panner? I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's where Steve is, actually. <laughs> Ziplining into a field somewhere? Yeah. It's like spying on the opposition yeah. teams. That's the new way of doing it. But some of the money has gone there. Who, who knows who's coming in? We do know that there's some players linked to the club. First of all, with Lucas Venuto's departure, it opens up some cap space. It opens up an international roster spot. For me, though, I liked him. In that, if I had to choose between Venuto and Bangura, I would choose to keep Venuto. I'd be quite happy to have let them both go at the end of the season. Hopefully, Bangura is going to follow. But for me, Venuto was just a bit more consistent. He did produce. And I think he was just kind of starting to find his feet a little bit in this league. And now... He's Ofsky. Yeah, he was uh, he was a starter one game. The next game he wasn't. He was coming off yeah. the bench. So the consistency it, wasn't yeah. there, but that might have stuff to do with and it. And he did have a spark. Like He was an exciting player. I, I enjoyed him watching him run down the flank. Um, defensive game needed a bit of work, but I think you're right, Bangura did, doesn't provide as much as uh, Venuto does. Bangura comes a little bit back. But if you're thinking about the Houston game back, and I think March it was when Bangura had, I think, a goal or two, then maybe I'd take Bangura. But in this case, Venuto's longevity, and I don't think he's been injured yet either. So mm-hmm. he might be a, a, an asset to keep, but obviously not anymore. Yeah, well, one of the rumors that should be confirmed probably by the time most folk are listening to, to this show on the podcast is that 24-year-old Honduran international, Michael, with two L's, uh, Chirinos. Cheetos? Chirinos. Chirinos? It's like, I'm going to just get a packet of Cheerios and put his face on it, and it'll be like, Chirinos? A Chirinos is a Scottish person with a bright red nose that's very happy. Because of the algae. (laughs) But yeah, Michael Chirinos. Chirinos? I don't know. Help me out here. Where's Steve? When you need a horrible pronunciation for a foreign player. He looks to be the guy that's coming in. He is primarily a left winger, but can also play in the right wing. 24, as I said, had time in Liga MX with Puebla. 18 caps for his country. Most recently been playing with Olympia, who had loaned him to, to Liga MX to start with. He was at the Gold Cup and looked good. He was with uh, Lobos Boap as well, I believe. Or was it instead of... He was at that club for sure in, in Mexico, Liga Max. The yeah, Lobos Boap, I think. Boap, whatever it's called. He's a speedy winger. He's skillful. Some of his highlights show him using one foot to knock it into his other foot to then take a shot and score. Now, that's good. <laughs> Do we see... <laughs> that's my problem with those highlighted that packages. Fall over when he tries oh. That we don't see every side of the player's game. Yeah. But you didn't see the other 10 attempts where he does fall over yeah. when he tries Or to it do does that, that in training. But I'd full credit to... The highlight package put together. Mike, Michael, are you getting excited about a footballer who could use With both feet. to see? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, does, he does seem quite exciting. It's not quite a hashtag bloody big deal. Although it does seem to be in Honduras where they've been like all over this. Whether he cuts it in MLS, we don't know. But if he did well in Liga MX, yes, his side got relegated. But on that, that side, he performed pretty well for them. 
if you're performing at that level, if you're performing well at the Gold Cup, you should be able to perform in MLS. Hondurans, on the whole, have done well in MLS. I, I think he should be quite a tasty sort of left side with him and Adnan as well, as long as one of them remembers to track back and defend. <laughs> but that that could be pretty tasty. So you think he's going to be better than Davy Flores? I can't see it being much worse. Yeah. I cannot see him having fights and wanting to attack the coaches on the training ground. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think better than, than Debbie Flores. Where is he now? <laughs> it has been announced in Honduras that, that the deal is a done deal, so it should get announced Monday or Tuesday by, by the Whitecaps. Uh, another thing coming out tonight on Twitter, Glass City had tweeted out one of the, the Montreal media who were saying that in Montreal circles, the Whitecaps have apparently reignited interest in Anthony Jackson Hamel. But the sides are a bit apart on dollar value. I, I was stunned when I read that. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sounds a little sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> MDS had interest in the off-season in, in Jackson Hamel when we are trying to find a, a striker. We had him, we had Kyle Lauren lined up. We ended up with Freddie. 15 goals and 71 MLS appearances for the impact. Only 25 of those were starts, though. And if you look at the minutes that he's actually played, it works out at a goal every 185 minutes, or a goal every two games. Three goals and six starts and 15 appearances this season. He's only started two of their last eight games, but he hasn't even featured in their last three. Whether that's because they are trying to move him and they're trying to keep him healthy, I, I don't know. He's 26 now, which I was quite surprised about because I had pictured him still younger, as I do with most folk. I still think my mum's in her like 40s and she's in her 70s. So always a surprise when I see her old haggard <laughs> face when I go home. But it's okay, she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, she's definitely, she can't hear. But <laughs> she's not. That's a joke. Kind of. Just dementia. <laughs> so she won't even remember hearing this to begin with. Anyway, let's take me out of this mother sheep's hole. What do you think Jackson Hamel could bring to this White Cats team? Do you think it would be a, a good addition? Yeah, he. Yeah, I guess he could be. Both of these signings, uh, the Hunter and Michael and and so <laughs> we're going to refer yep, to him for sure. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm I, just going to to L. I don't want to butcher to his, L and back. I don't want to butcher. His Welcome last to name. L. Um, and, and Anthony Jackson she Hamel. Knows. Anthony Jackson Hamel. The one concern I have is that. Uh, when he has not maybe appreciated the directions he's been given by a manager, he hasn't always responded the best. Well, we've not had a play like that here for a while. <laughs> wow. And so I, I would be – basically his attitude, I, 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 I have some concerns, some reservations about that. Now I think MDS might be able to, to, to get more out of him than, uh, than Remy Gard because I don't think their relationship is super great. Uh, from what uh, from what I've heard from from people in Montreal, but it's also it's this is like you talk about this is not a this is not a sizzling this no. is not a, this is not a transformational it might, might transfer be a, to an end of the season deal alone. I, I don't know, but if they are going to pay money for him, I, that's probably going to be longer. It might be that if he becomes a regular starter and gets this run of games down the stretch, that this brings back the the Hamel we saw of old because he he did yeah, get some he goals and he was good, but it it just seemed to well, go from him. Well, let me ask you from another perspective: if they were to bring him in, whether it was a loan or to buy him in this window, whatever, 
what does that do for Theo Bear? Well, now, it pushes him down the picking order, but he'll get minutes off the bench, you would imagine. I think it's more... For Freddie or... Well, Freddie as a trade or RDS end, end alone. alone, yep. Yeah, which no one would be disappointed in that, I other, would be, other than you. We yeah. have not caught anyone yet. We will. <laughs> Aside, we won't. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, if he comes in and someone else moves on, I guess that, that that's fine. But uh, and he, and if he comes in and he takes time from Theo, I guess in one sense he is a Canadian, and that you know you'd still be playing uh, and developing a twenty-six-year-old Canadian. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'd be okay with it. Uh, you know, usually I'm not super excited about former impact players, but when you have an impact coach, a former impact coach, and your keeper is a former impact keeper, yeah, I mean things are. Getting a little cheesy around here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that's an old joke. I, I don't mean that in an offensive way. Well, of course, one of the Quebecois that we will be seeing for a long time yeah. in Vancouver, Maxime Cripple. Very pleased to see Max sign a, a contract extension to 2022 with an option till 2023. Hopefully gets a, a nice hefty pay increase on top of it because he was very... Underpaid for what he's been producing this year. Only like 100,000 below McMath. Yeah. But Max Cripo is going to be here for a, for a while. And we're all glad to see that. A couple of weeks ago, MDS had joked after one of the games that Max, he's known Max for years, and Max used to shout at him when he was in the stands at... Part of at, UMO too. At, yeah, yeah. For, for the impact. So when we were talking to Max this week, I had to ask him, can you remember exactly what it was he did shout at Mark De Santos? <laughs> no. what, did, what did you shout at him? I don't remember this <laughs> these days, but uh, I remember being in the in the ultra section uh, back when they won the the, the championship, USL championship at Sensipuro. I remember this, but uh, I don't know. I was just a fan at that moment. I was uh, I was more than a fan than a player. So he can't remember. He can't. He just doesn't want to, he didn't want to say because Mark was sitting right behind him. It was maybe an unfortunate time to ask him that. But I, I'm very pleased to, to see Max here. I think he's been fantastic this season for the Whitecats. It goes without saying, player of the season, yeah. I, I think, without a doubt. And t- to secure him for a long-term deal, I'd ask Max this, this as well, which you, you can see the video on the, on the Whitecaps website, it gives him some stability from a personal basis as well. He doesn't have to worry, oh, are they maybe going to bring in another keeper or, or am I going to bounce around again? So I think that's important. You've locked him up. You've locked Ali Adnan up. When you look and you talk about the players, the Whitecaps core that you maybe want to build this team around, you're kind of talking about Adnan. You're talking about Cripo, You're talking about Daniel Henry, Eric Godoy before the, the last couple of weeks. As for defenders on a team that's been horrific defensively and let in so many goals, and it's kind of crazy on the one hand to, to say this is who you want to build your core around, but it does feel a really, really good core. Yeah, and I think the the excuse for growing pains is is far gone now, but it, it's still, you know, it's still a new back four, back three, as you mentioned, that is growing and is kind of looking right now like the future of this team. Um, and I guess you could kind of throw in Bauman there as well, given what MDS has said this year about him playing in your in, uh, in your future, I should say. 
I don't know how it's going to play out, but I think that back four is going to be hugely impacted by Jasser Kamiri coming back. They, yes. And Mar- uh, Mark DeSantos has extremely high hopes for him. Yeah, he was taking part in training a little bit of scrimmages and stuff this week. First time we've kind of seen him really do that. Um, so, yeah, hopefully soon. It's not the two weeks that he thought. <laughs> but, yeah, ho- I mean, hopefully we'll be back soon. But, I mean, it's, it's, Max has been probably the good news story of this season from a, a White Cats point of view. This new contract hopefully will give him some extra money. What, what is he going to spend that extra money on? I was wondering, is he possibly going to spend it on chocolate digestives? You're sitting at home, you decide to have a hot beverage. Mm-hmm. Would you go for a tea, a coffee or something else? I would go for a uh, coffee, <laughs> definitely. And uh, are you, do you have a sweet tooth? Do you like biscuits, cookies? I do, I do. I have a sweet tooth. What, what, so what's your favourite kind oh, of biscuit? Uh, kind of biscuit? I don't know, but I'm more into chocolate. Me, I'm, ah. I'm chocolate right away. Me too. Yeah. And like, do you dunk? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate Duncan melting is delicious. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Thanks so much, Max. Uh, no problem. Thanks, Mark. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Max did not fancy a chocolate digestive, but he fancied half of it. He fancied chocolate. And we were just talking there, and I said, oh, how can you not dunk chocolate? And Zach's like, what? Dunking chocolate? Into your tea? or Okay. Galaxy, UK brand of chocolate, which is kind of dove over here, but it's not quite as creamy. It's That's perfect for dunking. It just goes all gooey in your... Have you ever done a Tim Tam Slam? I haven't, but you did offer us to do it once. Oh, you yeah. should do it on the show. We can't do it we in this room. We can't do it here because we're not allowed food or drink in the studio. Yeah, put, you, put your we'll chips live away. Stream it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could do that on a new video channel. There you go. We're there talking go. about later. But we should have done that with Tim Parker. Next time Timmy's here for New York, we'll Tim do Tam a Tim Slam. Tam Slam with him. Oh. Yeah. It's, a, it's an Australian thing. but yeah. Well, we'll get an Australian to slam him on the ground. Where's Meyer Bevan when you did? Oh, no, he was a Kiwi. Oh, no, he wasn't. Andy Rose. Yeah. He was a Kiwi, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Andy Rose. We'll get Andy Rose this England's time. Rose, there you go. Mm. Australia's Rose now. <laughs> the ashes are on. We've all got to cheer on Australia. But that is it for part two of this week's AFT and Soccer Show. We're going to be back with the MLS News of the Week. That wasn't the original plan. We're going to have that in this part. But, hey, we've overran. But there's no one on after us. It's okay. So we're going to be back with some Mad Hat McGore after this. And you know what that means? Swearing. Hi guys, this is Felipe. Thanks for listening, AFTN. I remember a time back then when I never had a pound or a bit in my pocket I remember a time back then when life was good and I never lived in the rawness I remember they called me the prophet, the pen on the paper, I'm jotting it honest I remember the people I had who drip to the death, pure bumping the gossip I remember the phone call that night sat on the PC, I had to answer I remember not a lot after, stood with a body and went got a banger I remember my legs got heavy, healthy, felt like I'm pacing with an anchor Feds all there, I was thinking of cheese and I wanted to leave, pure filled with the anger I remember meeting my people, they gave me a pop, but it's more 
holding a dog I remember the words that I wanted to say But I went speechless and I froze with the hugs I remember the days back then when I lost all faith in the whole of the planet And I remember getting that back and I'm bouncing about like a stone bead rabbit I remember the smell of the family room that was here when I waited in Dundee I remember the warning I got that she might not make it, I'm sitting like fuckies I remember the crystal angel Davey got, I swear that's what saved her And I remember the feelings I feel when I think about how that man is our saviour I remember Mad hat my go. Oh, you stopped it. He remembers. Enjoying that. Yeah. See, it's good music I've, I've picked for. He said you were enjoying it. Numbers. I think he said he was enjoying it. Oh, I thought he said. I thought he said. No, he, he said you were enjoying it. it. Oh, I was enjoying that. Oh, very much. So. Mad hat my go remembers. That was tales of his life to date. It's been a very depressing life. That was from 2019. Just brought that out this year. So he remembers. Max Rippo didn't remember what he he shouted at. MDS back in the day. Hopefully everyone will remember to subscribe to the AFT and Soccer Show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We're broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Part 3. MLS News of the Week. And what a week it has been in MLS. It truly has been the gift that has kept giving. Some fantastic stories so we'll look at some of the bigger ones. We'll look at some of the weekend's matches as well. Um, we've got to kick things off. Big news coming out of Seattle. Roman Torres is a pedo. <laughs> Performance enhancing drugs offender, to give him the, the full name, P-E-D-O. Get that hashtag trending. The Panamanian centre-back banned for 10 matches, fined 20% of his annual salary for failing a drugs test for an undisclosed P-E-D. A lot of questions swirling around this. What was the drug? He says he hasn't even been told yet what, what it was. So I don't know if that means he couldn't narrow it down, but um, <laughs> did he take it knowingly or accidentally through a supplement? It, he said it was possibly due to having inadvertently ingested a contaminated nutritional supplement. supplement. Burning question for me, though, if this has been him playing on performance-enhancing drugs, how fucking bad is he when he's not taking them? Because he was shocking against Portland the other week. I I, I think there are some people who have said, how long has he been taking them, right? Especially well, people yes. in Toronto. Well, especially me. Because he apparently failed that in April. So oh, depending... I didn't know that. Yeah. Th- this drugs test was failed in... In April, so who knows what match it was, but it's at least 10 MLS games that he has played for the Sounders whilst being investigated for being a drugs cheat. So I think it's only fair that the Sounders are stripped of the 17 points that they earned whilst he was playing as a pedo, including giving the Caps the three points from the <coughs> boss that we had down there, possibly even giving us more because it was that late loss that spiralled everything out of control. So... He has a lot to answer for. Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah, I'm going to call my... my Donny? Donny? Donny G. Donny G, what's up? Just tell him it's Matt McCork. (laughs) It's like, Don, you didn't sort this. I'm going to send Mad Hat and Word and the SOS crew down to you. It'll be fixed. We'll be top of the league in no time. For sure. Obviously, we don't know all the ins and outs of it yet. Although unconfirmed reports have suggested he has been caught with two other substances, which I believe are banned in Seattle, mouthwash and deodorant. (laughs) 
Only four <laughs> players have failed a drugs test in MLS before this. Two of them... Yeah. Or he was the fourth, actually. Two of them have got Sounders connections yes. and two of them have TFC connections. It's fantastic. One's got white caps as well, but we'll kind of forget that. Wait, well, who... The, well, that? we'll come to that. The first two were caught in October 2008. Both Red Bulls players, goalkeeper John Conway, who moved to... TFC. TFC. And is now an analyst on One Soccer. Oh. Yeah. And he's the goalkeeping coach for, I think, FC Edmonton yeah. or somebody. Anyways. Fine lines indeed. And defender Jeff Park, who then oh, moved to yeah. the Sounders for three seasons, but played with the Caps in USL in 2009. Yeah, he was not a healthy part of that locker room. <laughs> well, of course not. He's, he's taken banned <laughs> substances. Apparently. So that's why. They both failed after taking an over-the-counter supplement from a vitamin store. Roman's excuse. Josh Williams then got suspended in 2011 as well for over-the-counter vitamin supplements. It's kind of baffling then that in all this time of MLS, four people's been caught and it's all for the same reason. You would think if it's going to be that common, it would be a lot more people taking it, surely. Is this maybe just the tip of the iceberg and Players just maybe have been lucky they haven't got tested, and then yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they've changed anything rules wise in regards to PEDs over the last little bit here. So either it's the occurring of the the testing isn't happening, or the players are learning about how these what these players took or intook, um, not, obviously not on purpose to get suspended. So there could be a some sort of PDF document that discloses what uh, over-the-counter drugs not to take or, or supplements. Um, but it's, yeah, you, you scratch your head, Michael, why more players aren't getting suspended. It's, it's actually baffling, though, why this has taken so long. I know you have to do second samples and tests like that. and It's been three months. Yeah, I mean, Schmetzer was even talking about, oh, we don't want to get into it. It could be contaminated samples and all that kind of stuff. But that is a hell of a long time. And to keep having the player playing in that time as well. Is that the normal? Do we know? Is that the normal procedure? Because that does seem ten games seems to be the standard ban. Because that's what the the other three players got. But wouldn't you like hold the player out? Yeah, I would have thought so. But then I guess the the union might be like, "Well, he hasn't been found guilty yet." So, but you're still under investigation. I just don't think he's been playing, and no, no one. Yeah, I'm being like funny and farcical about getting the points back. But realistically, he didn't score in any of those games, but he's helped keep clean sheets. He has had an impact for this team. Oh, yeah. No one's asked this question. No one has has looked at this at all. Good news, though. No white caps have been found guilty of using performance-enhancing drugs. (laughs) No. MLS didn't even bother testing them this year because they they just watched the games and they thought, that's proof enough. Clearly clean. I am wondering, though, if some of them have maybe been taking performance-reducing drugs. That, that could be something for this year. But it does remind me of a story I heard once about a female footballer. I can't remember what country she was from. She was at one of the World Cups. She was worried that she was going to get caught for taking PEDs because it would have given her a higher level of testosterone. So she went to her doctor, explained that signs were now starting to, to be obvious because she was growing hair in her chest. The doctor said, how much of it is there? She's like, it goes all the way down to my balls. <coughs> Trying to hold that laugh in. I thought I was going to have what? to put that in. The testosterone made her grow balls. 
Right, if the queen had balls, she'd be the king, and all oh, that kind of stuff. Man. Yeah, I can see the 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 shows. It's already marked bad not jokes. Is, for yeah, yeah, it's gone down now for sure. Not suitable for listeners, you may even say. Let's get into another suspension. Friend of the show, well, because I like him <laughs> and play him a lot, Mike Petke. He has been suspended for six games this time. Three of them for future League's Cup matches, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous in itself, and three MLS games. He's also been fined $25,000, ordered to take anger management. I really hope Charlie Sheen is the guy that is his, <laughs> his coach. I would watch that episode for sure. He also has to take sensitivity and diversity training. Because he lost it with the referees, as we know, um, somebody mentioned that part of it was because he had called the referee a word that is chanted a lot by Mexican supporters after the game. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's, I guess, why he now has to go to diversity training and sensitivity training. That's reported? That's rumoured? It was reported by the Twitter account MLS Referee Stats. Are they they a reputable That was then retweeted by a lot of media and stuff. So I, I don't know. He obviously said something pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. Uh, here's my one question. Um, so it's three games in the competition and three games in the league. Yes. So he's served okay. Two already. So here's the here's the thing for me. Remind me if I, if I'm wrong. When um, Deuce, what's Deuce face? The notebook. Yeah. Shred- when he did the notebook thing. He didn't get any league games for that, right? He only got... No, he, I, thought, I he, thought he did. I thought he did. No, he he only got... He was like eliminated from their next nine months or next six matches in the Open Cup. I thought he got MLS ban as well. We'll, we'll check that at the breaker. If you're listening... If Not you're that listening, we don't just, believe you. Send us a tweet. I could have sworn he was suspended. I thought he was as well. Hmm. That was... I, I When I saw that, I, I, I thought... It's crazy that he's getting in both. Yeah. Andy Rose actually brought that up in the interview with him a couple of weeks ago. Quite funny that he, I asked him about oh, his yes. favorite cup matches and he brought up Clint Yes, Dempsey I remember that. Notebook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would have been a memorable match. You're not oh, going to forget for that sure. one in a hurry. Either side. Got an interesting tweet from Greg Petrie who says, I love athletes who unknowingly ingest a banned substance but are also able to pinpoint exactly where and when it occurred. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Greg Petrie there at Ardham World. So... That was some of the off-the-pitch the stuff this week. One other thing just to, to throw in, in just now, there was obviously a, a lot of talk this week in the build-up to the Seattle game today about the fallout from them having the, the flag last week, the iron front flag with the, the three prongs on it and being asked to remove it and MLS and Sounders front office getting into some stuff about that. Then apparently in the ECS march to the match today, mm-hmm. there was some... Uh, white supremacist, fascist protesters, I don't know exactly what wording they've been using down there, who were threatening the folk in the march and apparently were waving guns and stuff and scary, scary times down down there. But Don Gaber said, doesn't want any political statements, but said he wouldn't outlaw uh, Make America Great Again hat, which is a clear political Statement because it's a yeah. slogan for a campaign. So it also happened. This is not the week that they, they a bunch of their teams wore military. Yes, which was rather unfortunate, tops. especially considering some of the stuff that's happened in the yeah, states this week. Yeah. I I don't like that anyway. That look, it's just it's wrong. I just don't think it's a it's a good thing. But 
Yeah, the crazy world of MLS. So is it a good time to go to to US? Yeah, it's why you two are going to Portland next week and not me. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Um, I'll just pray about it. Um, uh, So MLS said when the Dempsey thing happened that he was not banned for any of their games. Oh, because it was not under their jurisdiction. Oh, so I guess this stupid league's cup is under their jurisdiction. I guess it must be. That's a joke. That that like yeah, uh, that's a joke to me. No, it is. That feels like a double yeah. standard. MLS MLS could have easily said, "What a shame, pick he's not here to ask him." No, but seriously, MLS know, could, with Dempsey, to... MLS could have said, "Look, you've embarrassed our league. You're getting suspended for games in our league." But instead, they said, "No, he's a big player. We don't want him out for games. It'll yeah. hurt attendance. It'll hurt broadcast. It'll hurt whatever. We want him in." And now with Mike Pecky, uh, I'm not defending anything he said. Uh, but now they're gonna they're gonna suspend it for MLS games. Yeah. He has been stupid competition before at this time of year before like July last, August. I think last year when he showed the the pieces of paper or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he, he's used to these summer summer suspensions. I kind of think he's got a timeshare that he can't get out <laughs> of, and this is just as we are being able to fulfill that. Well, and the other thing is that the the other thing that I, the the one thing I would question about the Pecky incident is it's hard not to take him at his at his word when he says. There's nothing I did before before I got the red card yeah. that was worthy of well, a red card. The, the rumored words that he used were in the tunnel and after he got sent off and stuff. Yeah, so no, and he said that. He said yeah. everything I said after that. Yeah, was was worth a red card. But I only said it because I only said it because this foolish referee uh, sent me off for no reason. And let he who hasn't shouted abuse at referees cast the first stone. Why does it seem like RSL always hires the hot head coaches? They had Jeff Kassar yeah. before who was always red in the face and always yelling at referees. <laughs> I feel like he got suspended every it's game. It's the altitude. I think it does Probably. something to oh, their head. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, let's get to the on-field action. It's It's been a week that the Whitecaps started second bottom of the West and they finished it second bottom <laughs> of the West. Nine points back of the playoff places. Huge week for Irish International Owen Goal. Oh. Five this week. Is he going to get a cop anytime soon, you oh, think, Michael? I, I think so. Well done, big man. That's Two braces. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, transfer window still open. The Caps could make a play for him and trade uh, trade fellow Irishman allocation. <laughs> Maybe get him in before the window shuts. In Western Conference action, though, the big winners were the only team below the Caps in the standings. And I say big winners just because they banged so many goals in Colorado Rapids. They were involved in one hell of a game in Montreal Impact in well, the plague-ridden Commerce City. I was going to say, considering that there was a, in the, they're in the midst of a plague down there. Black death, man. It's like you can't get over that. Finish 6-3. Kai Kamara, four goals. Four goals. Four goals of the nine. Had how, a hand in some others as well. How many, how many were for his own team? Just three. Owen Goal assisted on... He, he wants to be involved in everything, I think. That's just that's Kai's way. Yeah. He opened the scoring. I genuinely think he forgot what way he was shooting because that was an amazing header. That, that was just absolutely fantastic. Climbed above. Perfectly headed yeah. home. That is the sixth own goal given up by the Rapids this year. There, is there a leading scorer? Yeah. <laughs> No, Kai has so one. So Whitecaps leading scorer, yeah. We've got three own goals, two of them by Andy Rose. But whew, yeah, that, that was fantastic. But his own goal a designated player in MLS. Probably. Probably got some allocation money related to it anyway. But let, let's talk a little bit about the plague that's blighted Dicks. 
I, no one wants that to happen. Although Dick's Plague was the nickname of the top nightclub in Cowdenbeath when I used to go around in that area. Wait, but you told me that they, those are dodgy people. Girls especially, yeah. You just had to read our Cowden family cartoon and the fanzines of Away From The Numbers. Front page news that made in Scotland. <laughs> Death threats I, I had and everything. If you can't depict a town's people and children eating sick off the pavements, rummaging around garbage bins to get rats as a treat, I don't know what the world's coming to. Folk have just got no sense of humour. Anyway, back to the dick plague in Colorado. Kai Kamara wasn't affected by it at all. I'm surprised he didn't actually get the blame for it because he seems to get the blame for everything else in MLS and folk have said he has a plague in the locker room before but I don't think this had anything to do with it. Some people were advised not to go there. The elements of the car park were closed off and you hadn't to go near the prairie dogs. Yeah, remind us what what the plague was again. It was a horrible disease. No, no, no. <laughs> As oh, right. Oh, I thought you had a history. In the 1300s, <laughs> the ships came over from Spain. Yeah, no, There okay. was rats on the ships. With fleas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please. Okay. In Colorado, it's it, with the prairie dogs? It was fleas, plague-ridden fleas on prairie dogs. So the prairie dogs were dying. Yeah. And I think people were concerned that if they if they went near a prairie dog, that the fleas would jump on them and bite them or whatever. And it has been known... We actually read an article last year about plague is still quite common in, in areas of, of the US. So they, they closed it for that, but they said the fireworks display, that can't go on because of the plague. I genuinely don't know if it's because it was going to spook the prairie dogs to run towards people or what, but it's like, all this is going on. There's a plague, but we can't cancel the MLS game. <laughs> No, not, nothing's going to cancel the MLS. the stands of the players. Yeah. Let's just... It's all right. Rappers don't get many folks there anyway, so I think they thought it was a, it was fine to do that. <laughs> They're all there to see the Nacho Nacho man, Ignacio Pianos, yes. I'm sure. Let, let's throw this out to the listeners. What would it take to cancel a game in MLS if not for the plague? Because I, I don't know what cancels or, it. Or oh, I, I, a, a sodden waterlogged pitch at Empire Stadium, that cancels a, a game. Or, it did, yes. yes. Or, or uh, BMO Field. Yes. That was a Voyager's Cup match. Yeah. Or, I mean, if someone if someone important missed a flight. I mean, not Montreal, obviously. but some, oh, they, would, they would just chart with them. I'm sure it would be fine. Oh, yeah. But they won 6-3. Fantastic game. You should watch the highlights for it. Some horrible defending, some good goals. Kai's best goal was that, that own goal. <laughs> Elsewhere in the West, mixed results for the LA teams. A Zlatanless Galaxy, because he was suspended for yellow card accumulation. So he does get them sometimes. Well, another brace for own goal in this game. Yeah. Hammered 3-0, thanks to two own goals from both, one from each central defender. Atlanta moved to the top of the Eastern Conference with that. Somehow. Some turnaround that has been for Frank DeBoer and the guys there. There's still... It's almost as if throwing money at a team gets results. Yeah. There's uh, Atlanta, some Atlanta fans who are really not happy. Well, did you yeah. see the comments? There's that, a Twitter page dedicated yeah, to that DeBoer. That is a kind of parody Twitter page calling for the walkout and stuff. Oh, that's parody? Yeah, parody. Oh, okay. But did you He's see the- hated DeBoer from the start. Did you see the comments um, from their center back, uh, Leonardo no. Perez or whatever, the all-star game? Gonzalez no. Perez? No. Oh, you, did you see it? No. Oh, he was just like, yeah, it's been a big transition- and we don't like the way we're being asked to play this year, basically, oh. is basically what he said. Oof. It was all over that, that broadcast of that game. Oh, I didn't watch that. Quentin Sendley, he wasn't playing on Saturday, so maybe it goes I think, I think the board came out and said such comments should not be made publicly. 
Yes. Keep it in the locker room and then after the season ends at the, the post-game press conference as well. When the coach is fired, then you can say all you want. Galaxy dropped to fifth with that defeat. Not a one-man team, the Galaxy. No one could ever accuse them of that. There could be a 4DP team soon, though, because it's not official, but Argentine international Christian Pavon is going to be joined to the squad, possibly in a $15 million deal. How you fit this in, although he is meant to be signing possibly on loan till the end of the season before the proper transfer, just giving them a way to manipulate the salary cap. It does probably spell the end, though, for Romain Alessandrini. Romain, let us. What's going to happen? Do you think he'll go? Well, he's back? injured right now. Yeah, so. that's the that's the thing that they've got because he's injured, so they can't just even get rid of him. All oh, right. So they, then they're going to do this dodgy deal, and no other team gets away with this. Not even NYCFC gets away with it. LA Galaxy get to do this constantly, bringing all these players, and then you see like Ashley Cole when the salaries came out, and you're like, yeah, England international, former Premiership star Ashley Cole is earning that. That's why he's come to LA. It's crazy stuff. Anyway, across the city, LAFC saw off New England 2-0, ending the Revs' 11-game unbeaten run. They, they couldn't play us in, in Cincinnati every week, so that's Did why. you see that uh, Diego Rossi goal? Oh, oh yeah. Absolute Jeez. beauty. Now, I, I like chips, as you know, because I'm Scottish. That was a delectable chip. It was very fishy, yes. Yes. It was a great finish. Rossi. Rossi, Vela, just... Amazing stuff. No goals for Vela this week, though. Orlando beat Dallas 2-0. And I think Dallas, for me, are the team that's most likely probably going to drop out of the playoff spots come the end of the year. They're just not being good at all. They just loaned uh, Arangis. They're one of their playmakers back to Chile. So, surprisingly, kind of giving up one of their playmakers there. Maybe maybe they've written off this season. The one thing that I noticed as I was watching the highlights of this game was that one is that Tesho was not just that Tesho scored the winning goal and set up the the second goal, but he was also wearing the armband. Yes, he was. Oh, which I was just like, oh, that's great for him. A game that did take place in Texas, so Houston they lost at home again after a delay. Right? There was a delay. I didn't watch that either. Was there? Yeah, it was delayed. <laughs> I had enough football on. I'll be catching up with the English Championship that was back and lots of stuff there. Petkilis RSL beat NYCFC 3-1. So obviously they don't need to make Petke. They did it for Petke, man. Petke. Did you see that winning goal by RSL too, by Rusnak? Yeah. Another cracker. They're doing what they do every season, it feels. They have this run towards the end of the season, summer onwards, where they just pick up these points and they keep themselves in the playoff picture. It's just something the Caps have never been able to do for whatever reason. They have the same core. They just bring in new players who get acclimated throughout the first few months of the season. Then they catch fire. Mm-hmm. I just think that's the team that they're they're built for and the team that they are. Are you going to talk about the San Jose match next? Yes. San Jose, Columbus, 1-1. Moved the Quakes at one point to the dizzy height of second. A penalty for Erickson, which I think Wanda was not on the pitch for. And then your favorite player, player Jossie Zardis, got a nice header for the equalizer. Yeah, good old Jizzy. Former right back. Yes, he's Zardis. He's just a rascal, Jizzy rascal. He's just a rascal, Jizzy rascal. If they don't sing that in Columbus, they're missing a trick there. Tonight, Johnny Russell, Sporting Kansas City. He didn't start, but to me, they're always going to be Johnny Russell, Sporting Kansas City pulled off the shock result of the weekend even more than the Whitecaps getting a win match winner 
Eric E-Money Hurtado, baby. Get in there, E-Money. That was a good goal, too. I, 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 well, he only scores good goals. I That's nearly true. tweeted this out, and I'm glad I didn't now because he scored the match winner. I watched the game up to 2-1, and I had to leave to, to come and do the show. But when I saw that he was starting, I was going to tweet, well, that's Kansas City giving up in their season. <laughs> he likes to score against Seattle. What a week it is in MLS when you've got Eric Hurtado, Joaquin Ardiez, and Darren Maddox leading lines for teams in MLS. What a day. What a week. And folks say the quality's not there. <laughs> MLS man. Great league. Anyway, that is it for our MLS roundup. We will be back talking about the future of Canadian club soccer after these messages. This is Atiba Hutchinson, and you're listening to the AFTN Show. You wind me up like a clockwork orange, then you hide the key to my destination. No satisfaction, it's all frustration. The times are changing, they're changing me. Open the cage, let free the animals Running wild with hardened criminals No satisfaction, it's all frustration The times are changing When you're It's a teenage warning But nobody's listening You take the blame The 20th century The angelic upstarts Teenage warning there and I tell you where there's a lot of teenagers you'll find these days? Canadian Premier League. You're back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. So, we're going to talk a little bit about Canadian club football in this section, but not Whitecaps. Zach will be pleased about that. There was no CPL games this weekend, which I found a little bit weird. Especially with it being a long weekend. There is a game on Monday, but... I don't know if they expected all the teams to have advanced in the Canadian Championship and this was them giving them a break or or what. But there were two games on Wednesday. Pacific FC battled to a point at Valor after trailing 2-0. Fisky got a goal for them. Ben 10. Superpowers. Pleased to see that. Zach and myself will be going over on the 24th to watch the opening. The official opening of West Hill Stadium. I will be... Uh... The zip renovating. lining with my family, so yeah. I'm missing out. Wait, I so you almost, you're part of Steve's zip family? zip lining as well. I think Steve's got a secret zip lining club. Yeah. And the first rule of the zip lining club is you've got to bore everybody about how you were in a zip line. Ooh. So if not there... If Why you did you do air quotes on zip lining the first time? <laughs> He's going, zip lining. <laughs> so if I don't make it back for the UBC home opener the next day, Michael, I entrust you with the uh, the future of UBC He's going to be on the island. Broadcasting. Oh. The, day, the men's game after. Well, the day after. I hope you get back in one piece. Thank you, Michael. Aside, I don't. Double money. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Mike was off there, wasn't it? Yeah. And, um, Canadian Premier League, back to that. Forge are still leading the, the fall season standings, tied in points with Cavalry at the top. The Calgarians have a game in hand. York, one behind in third. Edmonton, two behind in fourth. All having played a game extra than Cavalry. Have you seen anything in this fall season that makes you think it's not going to be a cavalry forge final yeah i don't i don't uh I, it's hard to disagree with that uh most people most most people who weren't choosing their their favorite uh, ideal situation were choosing those two to to be the the top or the cream of the crop in the league for mm-hmm. this year so uh, yeah i think unless something drastic happens like i don't know like if 
Forge makes a, a deep run into the CONCACAF League. Uh, that could oh, yeah. that could that could trip them up maybe. But um, I mean, as long as it's not Edmonton, yeah, I'd probably be pretty happy. <laughs> uh, I'd I'd like Edmonton Cavalry just get to both games potentially. Oh uh, yeah. Be fun to see a nice derby game. Probably be a week apart, wouldn't it? Yeah. You're gonna spend yeah. a week in Alberta. Oh no, I'd fly back. Uh, Swoop yeah. Airlines do really good cheap flights. Check that. As you alluded to there, the history was made this week. Thursday afternoon, Forge FC became the first CPL side to play in the Concacaf Champions League. First team to score in the Concacaf Champions League. Qualifying, but still Concacaf Champions. They League. They earned that spot for the sure. Con- the, the, the Concacaf. I mean, to me, if you if you're if you're in the con- it, I know it's why like, they've done like it. It's like the UEFA Champions League. Yeah, it's like the qualifying. it's like the Liga, the Europa Liga, or yeah, or like the Champions League qualifying. The the crazy thing about the, the how what they've done to the Champions, the, the Concacaf Champions League, is it's no longer a league. It's just a knockout. It's just like a cup. Yeah, and so, it's no longer for champions if it ever was, which it wasn't. It wasn't, but yeah, that, that's something that will just set me off altogether on other yeah. things. But yeah, so to me, if whether it's uh, Forge or anyone else can get through the CONCACAF League and make a run or do something that's far more meaningful than just getting knocked out in the first round yeah. of the of the of the knockout part of the the, the Champions League. They're in tough though. They trailed 1-0 at the half. They got two goals in in the second half. The winning goal coming in stoppage time, taking a 2-1 lead to Antigua this coming Thursday, but it's hard to see them progress and get in. Yeah, and I think getting the late home goal maybe gave them a little bit of extra morale boost. But again, going into Nicaragua or Guatemala, I think Guatemala, to play. Antigua? And, yeah. Where is Antigua? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Antigua show. Antigua is not a country. Antigua is not a country. I know a guy from Antigua. I've told him that story. That's a chat we used to do back in the Swan Guard. Peter Byers. Peter Byers from Montreal. Yeah, so I think getting that late goal by Schwanier may have given the morale boost, but it's you've seen MLS teams go into hostile environments and struggle, let alone a, a new team with young players who may not be accustomed to the, the environment, the, the pitch, um, and the play itself. So we'll see uh, if they can pull it out. It would be nice to see them pull it out, but again, Antigua could be a, a tough, uh, tough go for them. Somewhere, Devin Devin Rocliffe is smiling. They shouldn't be there for Genoa because it should be Cavalry as the spring season champs. For real, they have been the class of the CPL this year. I mean, any team that can beat the Whitecaps clearly is a is a good team. Wait, you said Tommy listens to this, right? He does. Yeah, Tommy and Jay Wielden should definitely be there. Love them both. They should. And funnily enough, I did ask Tommy about that off the record in. <laughs> Calgary, but on the record, when he was here in Vancouver, I also got a chance with him to, to speak about a few other things, just how the first season in the CPL went, was he expecting it to be so easy, yes that was the word I used when I asked him the question, and just the importance of not taking his foot off the gas for the second half of the season, a few other things as well. So let's hear now from CPL Coach of the Year, Tommy Wilden. The season that you had, the spring season, first of all, you're never going to come out and say that you walked away with it or that you were the best team. But from us watching, we can say you were the class act. I appreciate that. Was it easier than you expected? 
No. Uh, what did we win? I think we've won nine one-goal games. Yeah. And when you do that, you do it because you have this unbelievable spirit. And it's uh, something that we've cultivated for a long time. I mean, 50% of these guys have been with me before. But still, that doesn't make a team. It's like 50% of the yeah, Whitecaps yeah. stayed and 50% new come in. It's what you do with the new ones coming in. You know, we clicked the upgrade button. We, we did the due diligence. You know, the amount of meetings I had, um, in-person interviews, FaceTime. It wasn't just, let's see this guy on Instat and let's sign him. It was actually a full, diligent recruitment process because, for me, I'm a big believer in the right people as well as the right players. Um, unfortunately, we got both. And when, we, when you do that, you attach them to the vision. The vision is they're the founding forefathers of this league, of this club. Um, we even crested them. You know, they all got um, commemorative dog tags with their player signing. So, for example, Nick Ledgerwood is 0001. He's the first ever Cavalry signed player. Um, Sergio Camargo, 0002. So once we sign player number 24, they'll get it and onwards because we don't have history. So we created it from the get-go. And these guys want to be remembered for for blazing a trail. And I think when you tell that story and, and make each other accountable every day, they're a phenomenal group of players to work with. And, you know, it's not what keeps you up at night. It's what gets you up out of bed in the morning and love going into work. We spoke about this a little bit after you did your press conference, but the winning mentality mm. that, that you bring. Mm-hmm. You had it at Foothills. Mm-hmm. It's instilled mm-hmm. you want these you want to win. Mm-hmm. You want the players to win. Do you feel that's maybe lacking a little bit in the game over here? Oh massively. Um you've seen me for a while now. I love winning. I think I really believe, and why I stayed in Canada was I saw the talent here. Like uh, the players were more technical than I'd, I'd ever thought when I first came, um, and they're more athletic than we were over in England. Um, and I thought all that was lacking really is that mental side and the tactical savvy. And and for everything that I built up through my time at Foothills and now with the Cavalry is making us organised. So you know when when we go to tough places, if we progress onto the Concacaf. We've got to know how to eke out wins, and I think we, the thing that I try to bring, along with Martin and Jordan, is is those nuances. Is right? Can we run the clock down? Can we play for this? Can we, if they are playing in that formation, we switch to this one mid-game? Um, nuances like that, and I tell you, we do it every single day. Every single day, we work on something. And this is the day before that, and you see how competitive, you know, the the little warm-up game there. We actually have to taper it, but something with culture, and I, I believe in the, in those uh, processes. And I know we talked about this as well. When Fords are going to be playing in this mm-hmm. Champions League game mm-hmm. this month, uh, does that just give you motivation to say to the guys, look, this should be us next year. This will be us. Yeah, and I mean, listen, it wasn't. It was out of our hands, so we can't do anything about yeah. it. It was a Canada soccer decision, um, and I think that's what the spring season was about to bring that, but. Canada Soccer, they made the, the ruling, we had to live by it, so all we can do is win it the good old-fashioned yeah. way. So we've won the spring, we're in the final, we want to win the fall because I think there's a nice unprecedented you know, ring to that, um, and then we want to try and you know, win the CPL Championship. And if we do all those, then we deserve to go, and it's not a bonus year, but you know, we wish Forge all the best, we want them to represent our league yeah. well. The fall season then, I, obviously you want to win mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but... Is there party as well? You think this is my chance? I can actually experiment, give players minutes that maybe haven't had minutes, see if I want to keep them around, mm-hmm. or is the focus solely on you want to win both the seasons? Yeah, we want to win both, um, but I think I've set that precedent right from the get-go that yeah. in the Canadian Championship we rotated players after three close league yeah. games. Um, what we're doing now, we, we've got three games in six days. We have to, so if our, our hand is forced. But because we set that precedent early, we don't really miss too much. You know, people talk about, you know, your Marco Carducci's, Nico Pasquati's, Dominic Sador, Nick Ledgewood's, but 
Mason Trafford's. But what we've done is we've been without Mason Trafford for, I think, the first seven or eight games. We've been without Nick Ledgewood prior to him returning against Halifax for seven or eight games prior to that. So we can adapt and overcome to players missing because we have a principal play, regardless of whether we play a back three or a back four. Um, we have this principal play. So whoever's next man up, they take that spot and it's their time to play. We have to rotate. We're in one of the largest countries in the world with a very congested schedule. So I believe in that anyway, and that's my sports science speaking. Rightly or wrongly, MLS is going to be looked at as the higher mm-hmm. than CPL. You've got guys that you could then say definitely can go and play at the higher level. Some guys that's had the chance before. What's your message to them? Is it, look, you can stay here, win stuff, get regular starts, or you could go to an MLS team and find yourself sitting on the bench? Yeah, I mean, I think any player would rather play. Um, I think that's the nature of the beast. I don't think at this level, whether it's this level or MLS, they're really chasing the money. I don't think it's enough to make them retire. I mean, Dominic Zator could be a chartered accountant and he would earn more. (laughs) He he could earn more. Marco Carducci, same thing. They could earn more out the game. Nico Pasquale is the same, but they, they love playing. They love competing and they're in an environment to do it. For me, you know, the way I explain it to the about the MLS and CPL is that's the American League uh, that has Canadian teams in. Yeah. This is a Canadian league like the CFL that has Canadian teams in. You know, people look at whether you know Celtic and Rangers should. You know, can they play in the English Premier League? It's two different entities, but they're still showing the marketplace that it's their own league and they should be proud of it. I think what this is doing is creating opportunities for players, coaches, administrators, media, physiotherapists, the whole gambit. And I think it's wonderful for the country because always attach it to the long-term vision. 2026, when that comes around. What type of players are we going to have ready and available for John Herdman and the national team squad? And we do it by throwing them in at the deep end with the Canadian Premier League. I think it's been fantastic. That's great. Thank you for your time. Good Always luck good, tomorrow. Michael. Thank you very much. Tommy Wilden Jr. Talking about all things Cavalry FC and CPL. I've known Tommy for a couple of years now. Always enjoy talking to him, but he's always had this drive for success. Back in the PDL days with Foothills, they got to the, the championship game in 2015, just fell short. They won it in 2017, or sorry, 16, and then got to the final in 2018. Years are all blurring into one now. You knew he was going to take that winning mentality into the CPL with him. And I've had chats with him over the years where he's talked about it's lacking in Canadian soccer. There's so much, and you see it even in the residency and other like academies, it's about development. And even when they're like adults, young adults, 18, 19, they're still focusing on development. When you're 16... Yeah, you can still develop, but you have to put a winning mentality in these players. You you develop by winning. You get that culture. And I think it is seriously lacking in, in Canadian soccer. That young Canadian kids are coming through. And I don't know what it is. Even like when the Olympics was on and they had the whole own the podium thing. And folk were like, oh, that's, a, that's not very Canadian. You're talking about <laughs> wanting to own the podium and be the best and stuff. You need to have that mentality to get ahead in this game. I, I just feel it's lacking here. Tommy has been a, a breath of fresh air these last couple of years, yeah, with first with Foothills and, and uh, you know, uh, us getting to engage with him via the, the PDL. And now, of course, being, yeah, uh, I think far and away the 
the manager of the year in the, in the inaugural season of the Canadian Premier League. In our chat with Mark DeSantis last week, he mentioned about the likes of Simon Coline and Michael Baldissimo simply not being ready for MLS right now. Baldi made the bench. Made the bench, but they were bare bones. What we're happened st- to Theo? He's got bones. <laughs> Growing out of them. He's just grown that much. Pray in the woods. That was an off-air joke that we did. <laughs> I've got a great idea for a video segment. No. We'll talk about that later on. Anyway, it's a pretty crappy idea, actually. I wanted to talk to Mark more about how you get these players ready. The under-23 team is not the answer for these young guys. It's, it's, it's simply not, at least not right now. Are we going to have like a follow-up conversation with Dasso? We should actually at the end of the year and just see how he felt this yeah. year has gone. I do want to get how Mark sees this team. The plan right now, according to some info that's officially come out from BC Soccer around the BC League One setup that they want to set up here, similar to what you've got in Quebec and League One Ontario. There's been other info that's leaked out from BC Soccer sources uh, stuff that's appeared on the Take the Piss forum, which is a, a great message board for the, the local soccer community. Ideal situation is BC Soccer want Whitecaps under 23, Highlanders, TSS Rovers, Calgary Foothills to make this jump into BC League One, to add some gravitas to existing clubs in there. And they want the other clubs to not be existing entities. And they want to be brand new. They want them tied to academies already or existing VMSL teams or, or, or things like that. They, 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 they are aware that Calgary is in Alberta, right? Yes, okay. but Calgary needs somewhere to play. If Victoria and TSS right. leave USL League 2, it just makes the whole traveling thing unrealistic for, for Calgary. Speaking to some sources in Edmonton as well, they're quite interested in possibly putting... FC Edmonton's academy or reserve team in there. That's something that could be looked at. And yeah, it would be BC and Alberta. So Canada West. Mm. That's got a catchy name to it. I don't think that's been taken before. (laughs) BC Soccer would like this to start in 2020, but there's been a bit of pushback. They have to get it right. Yeah. 2021 would make a lot more sense, but BC Soccer doesn't want to get left behind and not have a representative in the Canadian Championship like League One Ontario do, like the Quebec teams do. There's been no words of what other teams are going to make up the league, how it would affect the other summer league here, the Pacific Coastal Soccer League that's been going for decades. The the murmurs are from the Take the Piss Forum that they want a team in Surrey, Coquitlam, US, Burnaby, Richmond. They also want a team in... The island, maybe two in the Okanagan. Now, the PCSL has teams just now in Kelowna, Kamloops and Penticton, which you would imagine would maybe join forces to have an Okanagan team. And this all sounds great. We love lower-level football. We love grassroots football here at AFTN. You know I go and cover all the VMSL games, getting myself or commentators at TSS Rovers and UBC Thunderbirds. I just have serious concerns about the player pool in BC to make this a valid development league for a team like the Whitecaps, it's surely just going to dilute this player pool even further. It's not going to increase it for a couple of years. Yeah, it's it's difficult to draw from from players or or teams that would 
I guess, enlarged. So there'd be more teams. There'd be less players to choose from that would make the teams itself uh, weaker. There'd be players that wouldn't be ready to play at that level that would be forced to play at that level and, and maybe not succeed and mm-hmm. get a look for the white cap. So there is a lot of problems, as you mentioned. But, I mean, you have to credit BC to soccer to try and make something happen and, and speed up the player process. But, again, as you mentioned, it, it, you can't rush these kind of things. It's got to take a while. If you want to have an end goal of success in World Cups and, and winning trophies for Canada, you have to solely take your time. And if you're going to do it, you got to do it right and, and yep. spend the time That's to do it. spot on. You have to do it right, Zach. Yeah, I think... I think I think at this point, uh, I probably personally would see this being better in 2021. Uh, I know that there's a bunch of people who are doing a lot of hard work to try and make this a reality, but they yeah they want to do it well and they want to do it right. Uh, question for you, Michael: the only want, only wanting new entities, so VMSL will keep going, kind of. VMSL is a winter league anyway, right? So it's more okay. going to affect the PCSL, which right. about listeners won't even know about right. the Richmond Summer League stuff like that so it, it, the plan I think is to run like April or May till about August so, so players the, can play in both college and stuff and they can play in VMSL yeah. it might overlap with the provincials and, and stuff like that that would right. be something they'd have to get around but I mean it's great the more football there is for us to watch and cover fantastic and obviously Gideon and myself are available for a commentary for any teams we can be mercenaries TSS Rovers don't need to have us we'll go anywhere We'll do more than one team. After your slip earlier tonight, I don't know. Maybe not the Okanagan. That's a long drive. <laughs> I did enjoy my time in Kelowna. I'd never been there before. It was lovely. Oh, yeah. It's mm. very nice. Um, you know, I, so you're saying that there's not enough players to, to make this happen? To make happen? it quality, especially if, if you look at the white caps, they're wanting to get their guys tested. Right. Okay. So well, I think from, they might steamroller over some of these teams. Well, I think from from one perspective, like it's not. I don't think you could... I don't think I don't think the competition the Whitecaps would be facing could be any worse. Now because they'll be in a league, it'll it'll be, com- it will be competitive, competitive in and that folk sense. We're always going to want to to beat the Whitecaps exactly. as well. So I th- I think we've seen that this year with the under 23s, but feedback from people that's watched these games on opposing sides is this is an under 23 team with no cohesion. Not, it's just a bunch of players No that, games yeah, either. It looks like they don't know each other they've got games coming up this month against Kalsa Sporting Club sorry what now Kalsa Sporting oh, Club okay, yeah. PCSL yeah. and they're going to be involved with the clan and the Thunderbirds if the league is delayed till 2021 it also then raises the question what the hell happens to the under 23s next season as well because they have to do something more than this can they play the Washington Generals is that not a fake baseball team? Basketball. Basketball. Oh. Nice try, though. You're close. You, I, got, I, you I, have the ballpark, right? I was thinking of the Richard Pryor film, the bingo long all-stars, motor kings and all, traveling all-stars. It's a great film about black baseball teams in the 20s or 30s. Really good. Really recommend that. But, yeah, back to the White Cats and the under-23. If you look at the USSDA as well, they... There was all this talk that MLS academies were going to be in a special academy league, but it's now going to be part of the USSDA. They've made like tier one and tier two for the academies. Whitecaps are tier one. We're tier one, which screws over the likes of Crossfire down in Washington. Right. Crossfire Premier. They've been around for years. They've reached the playoffs. They've got through into the knockout stages of the playoffs. They've produced a lot of good players. There, because they're not an MLS team, are having to play in tier two. 
And their nearest game is like 800 miles away now. Instead of playing like Seattle and the Whitecaps and all these things, it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, that it's just focusing re- on these big teams. Will that cause them to be removed from it? Like remove themselves? They, they might. They might decide like this is we just can't afford this cost effective wise. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. But it's just it's oh MLS academies. We've got to just focus on them. There's way more out there. Yeah. That's what players. That's what parents need to look at. Anyway, final thoughts on this. How optimistic or pessimistic are you for the future of the game in BC? I I think B, BC has to have a, like a League One equivalent, like an Ontario League One equ- equivalent. Uh, it's I guess I'm actually encouraged from what you said in terms of it not having to be tied to the existing VMSL entities. I think that could be positive. Because the, those entities are, have already balked at this idea, yeah. like years ago, and so years ago when it was first mooted, though there was some crazy regulations and financial restrictions that they were trying to put on them. Right, but this will—it's not like this will be like a. Who, whoever gets these teams will probably lose money. Yeah, as this well. is so yeah. It's gonna be like the CPL, so it's not like most football leagues. Yeah, that aren't that aren't in North America. Yeah. Um, thanks a lot, Um. No, so they need it, like it needs to happen. Uh, but like the like both of you, I hope they they do all that they need to to get it right. Yeah, I think the word that sticks out to me would be intent. The, the intent is there. They're looking to improve the player pool and and competitiveness among different levels of BC soccer and create a environment that's ready to produce players. And they're not at that level yet, obviously, at any stretch of the imagination, but. They, they will get there and it will take time and it just needs to be patience right now. So a lot to look forward to. And of course, everyone is gearing towards the 2026 World Cup as well. We'll be back with some more football chat though, after this. Hi, I'm Cal Valentine. You're listening to the AFTN podcast. AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. That was the Boomtown Rats there with I Don't Like Mondays. Clearly, Bob Geldof doesn't have the AFTN Soccer Show podcast to listen to. That is why he he doesn't like Mondays. That was the number one song in the UK 40 years ago this week. 
its third week at number one after being released on July 13th, 1979. The song, and I'd scheduled this to to play this week anyway, but it's actually very apt because the, the song was about a mass shooting in a school playground in San Diego in January 1979. 40 years on, and still these tragedies are happening. The song peaked at number four in Canada, Years later, Bob Geldof said he regretted writing the song as it made the shooter famous. We won't name the shooter because you shouldn't give them any publicity or anything at all. But very fitting, I thought, after the atrocities that happened in El Paso. Hmm. Dayton, Ohio Yeah, Dayton, well. Dayton, yeah. And it, we didn't talk about this during the MLS roundup. I wanted to keep it for this. In the, the game t- tonight between DC United and Philadelphia, Alejandro Bedoya became my favourite non-whitecap MLS player that isn't called Johnny Russell. After he scored opening goal, grabbed the microphone on the side of the pitch and yelled into do something about this Congress. Basically, get your gun laws sorted out. He'll probably get fined for it, I'm sure. But I'm also sure if he does, there'll be a Kickstarter page in no time to get money for the fine and give the rest of the money to victims of gun violence. But it's been a horrible couple of days and I really admire Bedoya for standing up and doing that. Yeah, and he's been he's a very outspoken um player about different things. Like he spoke to Har about charters back in um April and the oh, yeah, Union came to town. Yeah. Show, so yeah. he's a very passionate guy and you like to see that. He's American. Um he's played for the national team, he knows what it's like to wear the crest in his in his his chest and plays very hard nosed. He's a hard nosed midfielder, hard tackling player. And you like to see that kind of passion. You like to see players sent up for what's right. Yeah, he probably will get fined because it is MLS, but I mean, it probably for him would be worth it because he he, yeah. he spoke up. And to be honest, not many players in this league would do that. No, it so, needs more. Yeah, not just in this league, but just everyone needs and to it was, speak up. Like and, it was clever to do that too. The idea to go over and make an, a note. It was after he celebrated with a couple of fans in the pitch side. He went yes. to celebrate his teammates, and then he went back yeah. to the mic. So well done on him bravo booking for it yeah it's like knowing mls it's and referees in general i'm surprised they didn't do that it's just it's, it's horrible and obviously we're a soccer show so we don't want to get too much into to topics like this but it, it's just it's so disheartening and you just wonder what the the world's come to you read the papers you watch the news it's just a stream of bad stories and horrible things after another and it's it's times like this that it's nice to have football as an escape. It's like something you can just go to and, and take your mind off it. But we shouldn't get complacent either because there's going to be one of these things happen at a major sporting event. It's You saw it in France when everything happened in Paris at that time. They were trying to get into the, the national team's game and into the stadium. It's prime targets and it's, it's just horrible to think about. But at least we've got fun things to take our mind off it. And of course, 1979 was a fun time in general, especially for the Whitecaps, winning the soccer bowl. Music-wise, I've said before, it's like one of my favourite years for music and I've played some of my all-time favourite songs when we've been doing this section. Number one UK album this week, 40 years ago, was a compilation one, the best disco album in the world, having classics like Le Freak by Sheik and I'm Every Woman. By Chaka Khan. Are you are you Chaka hiring Khan. for uh, Chaka, Chaka, birthday Chaka, parties Chaka for singing? I, I'm available. Okay. If anyone I'll wants me, it. I'm available for anything. Just send some money my way and I'll do whatever you want. Anything you say? Anything at all. Okay. We are family. By Sister Sledge. That was also in that. And Rose Royce's Love Don't Live Here Anymore. We are family. I remember uh, in my high school, 
We had one song every year that was the getting to class music. And one year that was it. We Are Family. We Are Family. Also, incidentally, the most popular song played at Cadenbeath Weddings. The number one song in Canada 40 years ago this week was Anita Ward's Ring My Bell for the second week. Number one album was still Supertramp's Breakfast in America. It had four different spells at number one in 1979. You guys loved that album. It is a good album. Take a look at my girlfriend. Because she's the only one I got. I don't know why I'm in... Caitlin was talking about karaoke earlier, and she's never done karaoke. I love karaoke. You guys should do that. Oh, Let's make it an outing. No, she's seen, you, you, she's seen me do karaoke. You, you know you can get a thing so you can you don't have to leave your house. You can do it. Oh, home. no, I, yeah, I, I do it. Some people I may prefer that, Michael, just, you know, but I'm just, yeah. just throwing it out there. We need to have an AFTN karaoke night. That can be on our video channel that we're going to be coming to real soon. Uh, US, Donna Summer's Bad Girls was number one single and album. Movies 40 years ago this week, nothing great. Amityville Horror. Always loved that as a kid. July 26th came out in some areas, August 3rd and others. Oh, American Graffiti yeah. sequel, more American Graffiti, which I don't even remember. It, or it's not as, not as good, but you should you probably should watch it. I've, Gideon, seen, I've seen it once. Gideon is like, I have no idea. American Graffiti. These old people were talking American about. American Graffiti is by George Lucas, It's but not sci-fi space. No. Sorry, American Graffiti has Harrison Ford in it. It's, I should watch yeah. that yeah. yeah. American, the first one is better than the second. This is when we miss Steve for his movie knowledge. These young people don't understand it. Yeah. So Angry Birds and... Oh, wow. <laughs> da- you're dabbing you're categorizing me into some posters. games that Angry, I don't enjoy. Angry, Bird two, Angry Birds 2 is coming to the movie theater soon. Oh, dear. It looks okay, actually. I don't actually, know if I'd see that's, that's what my 10-year-old said. <laughs> we have a lot of life. <laughs> me and Kirk. Yep, both of the same father. In Whitecaps Land... <laughs> July 1979 ended with a... Sorry to just drop that bombshell on you. July 1979 ended with a 3-2 win in Portland, thanks to goals from Roberto Lemerduzzi, Trevor Mywark, and Little Alan Ball. August started with a 1-0 home win over Minnesota Kicks. Roberto Lemerduzzi again, scoring for the Whitecaps. Whatever happened to him? Disappeared off the face of the earth. What happened to Trevor Weimark? I missed that guy. Uh, Didn't want to come over. August 4th, a 2-0 loss at LA. Not a lot of changes down there. Only two more regular season matches were left after that. The playoffs were looming and the Whitecaps were on the verge of making history. So that was our last entry in this whole 40-year thing, right? Not quite. Oh, we're going to go take it all the way. Oh, we're taking it all the way. And that was 1979. Here comes the good song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you know the song? Of course I do. Were you born born when it came out? I was born... 20 years after it but that's okay I still li- it's, it's still not enjoy- from it's not from 1979 I still know the song because <laughs> Michael was playing Wait, did you it think it's from 1979 I don't know <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was from <laughs> 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 no it's still a good song nonetheless Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> as I thought when I met Jasmine that time that was 1979 <laughs> we're all about retro here at that? AFTN oh boy we'll talk off and we're going to be talking retro football games next in this section and I think it's time for my big pulled off at half time announcement although I've now had second thoughts about what to call it we've teased about being pulled off at half time for a while now finally we can reveal it all it's going to be the name of our YouTube video channel devoted to football games 
board games, computer games, tabletop games, and also just some kind of retro football stuff, movies, TV shows, things like that. So we're, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff on that. On the way here, though, I thought of a possible better name, which was Can We Play You Every Week? Right, let's go with that. So let's let's have a vote. People, I'll put a poll on Twitter. Do you want us to be called Pulled Off at Halftime? No. Or Can We Play You Every Week? Yeah, that's a lot If better. it's board games and stuff, that does make a bit more sense. We could do something else with Pulled Off at Halftime. I don't know. But... <laughs> I, I love football board games, and I don't know, like, I mean, getting you're a young whippersnapper. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. ever played a football board game? Um, I have you have, ever seen or heard of any? Yes, I've tried my hand at Subodio a couple ah. times. Um, I enjoyed it, but it uh, it does take a lot of the brain to play. So yeah, I uh, I was not a fan. I did enjoy uh, enjoy playing, and nothing to take away from the experience. It takes from a lot of lads. the brain to play. The, the, there's a lot of board games though as well, like dice throwing and and various things you like lost that. Me. So you just, I, yeah, you I, lost I've me. been buying a few off eBay over the years. Some may call it a midlife crisis. I like to just think recapturing my childhood. Yeah, I, I have this one uh, football board game that we'll have to I'll have to bring in for you to see sometime, Michael. But my favorite uh, football related kind of tabletop board game is is the Lego football games. Oh, which uh, Andrew Delbar? Uh, I didn't know you could play South- games with Lego. Oh yeah. Well, not stuff that you could video anyway. <laughs> this show's just gone off yeah. the rails. Uh, you know, you know Andrew Delbar, right? Yeah, uh, Surrey Cider. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does a tournament every year at the Lego convention out in Richmond. Uh, and anyway, it's a good time. I, I have a whole bunch of I have I've been collecting them. I have a whole bunch. We we need to we need to have a tournament sometime. Well, what we're gonna do, and we'll ramp it up more in the off season, is we're gonna shoot some videos. But we're also gonna mention as well. We're gonna look at some retro football soccer games on computer, going way back to the eighties. So it's gonna be some tremendous stuff that we're, we're gonna be playing. All Doom. eight bits and yeah. the old, oldest game I've played on. on a, a console is a FIFA 10, so I'm sure you guys can go oh, back way yes. before then. I've got like <clears throat> FIFA 94 and PlayStation oh 1 and stuff. So, Well, we're looking forward to this. And if any listeners would like to be part of this, get in touch. We would love to have people come and play with us in the studio or if we're, we'll go to your house, you can play with us there. Someone that likes to play fun games is Marty Neal. And he is rebooting a classic board game from the early 80s called Brian Clough's Football Fortunes. And it, it was basically the first, and I still think only, game that combined a board game like Monopoly with a computer program like Football Manager. So you rolled things, you then inputted things into a computer and it played games. It was a simulation as well. So it was, it was massive in the 80s. And he's bringing it back. There's a Kickstarter campaign for it. We've pledged t- towards it. Some other folk in Vancouver have as well after we tweeted it out, so it's good for that. So I got a chance to speak to Marty this week just about it and excite you a little bit about what he's got in store. And I think after you you listen to him, you're going to want to pledge and and get this game as well. So let's hear now from Marty Neal. So we're joined now by Marty Neal, one of the the guys that's the driving force behind the the reboot of Football Fortunes for 2019. Thanks for, for joining us this evening, Marty. Thanks for having me, Michael. Very much appreciated. Yeah, looking forward to, to delving into this. Now, Football Fortunes is a game I remember from my childhood, and I remember adverts for it and seeing it in like old things like Shoot Magazine and Match Magazine and stuff like that. 
But when I saw you were doing the reboot, I, I was very excited about it. Now, obviously, a lot of people out here in Vancouver and Canada will have no idea at all what this game is. So first thing I guess to ask you is, how would you explain this game? And what was it about this game that made you decide that it should be brought back for a modern day audience? Well, when we were kids, we were around probably 11 or 12 um, when a friend of ours called Brian Kirker, um, his, his mum worked in a, a toy store called Leisure World. Um, so she essentially brought half of the half of the shop home and uh, she would have brought home various football games. So football manager, for example, the Kevin Toms classic, yeah. match day, etc. Um, and then she showed up one day with this big boxed um, computer and board game, Brian Clough's Football Fortunes. And none of us were board game guys, really. We were more computer game guys and certainly football guys. Um, so he brought it to my house uh, when we were all kids. And the greatest thing about it was it was the, it was and still is the only football management game that you can play with other people. So with, with friends and family, as we're saying, on the Kickstarter. Um, so up to six of us could play at the same time. And it just really brought it into a social setting, but also encouraged real serious rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you could be your your favourite team, for example, so someone would always be Liverpool, someone would always be Manchester United, you could sign your favourite players, you could sign your friend's favourite player, you know, all, all sorts of stuff going on. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we, we were very taken with it, and we would play football constantly, and then when it got too dark to play football, we would go and play Brancos football fortunes, you know, and so we, we just spent an inordinate amount of time playing this game with kids, you know. I was trying to describe it to some people. Is it fair to maybe kind of describe it as a cross between football manager and Monopoly? Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Absolutely. I, I think that's a good, a good um, broad description of it. You know, I, I think it's a, it's got a little bit more depth to it um, than Monopoly, given the computer element as well, where you can play yeah. against computer teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good way of describing it. You know, certainly the the, the reviews. In the 80s, so the game came out, they read the, the first version of the game came out in 1987, and there was a re-release around 1990, and then there was Football Fortunes 2, which even Giles, who made it, doesn't remember. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was there was a sequel that was very kind of, uh, yeah, not very successful, and, and, and is extraordinarily rare. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's a fair description, definitely. It's such a unique game because it's combining like the computer element and the board game element, and I can't even really think of any other games that that did that. It was kind of groundbreaking at the time, and it still feels that it is. Very much so. Uh, there's been so few, even over the years, um, which is kind of surprising. So the um, the original publisher of Brian Clough's Football Forge and CDS also did another game called Tank Attack. Uh, which was kind of pioneering in that way. So it was a board game, computer game, and there's been another one called Atmosphere, uh, which also introduced a video later. So you oh, have a VHS video. I had that. <laughs> yeah, that that was kind of that was groundbreaking in, in its own way, you know. So, that, but there's been so few of those crossover games, which is kind of curious when you consider how well it lends itself to a football management game, you know, which was really the thinking behind trying to make a more modern version of, of Football Fortunes, you know, because the, the format's still unique. There's still no other game that, that, that does that crossover format. What prompted you to to decide to bring it back for the 2019 audience? Obviously, there's a lot of nostalgia. Guys our age are always... I mean, I'm bad. I, I'm on eBay all the time, buying old old games and stuff. And 
trying to relive my childhood, but what made you think it'll work now? And what's the reaction been to it? Well, I, like, like yourself, I bought a, a copy of it. Um, I found a copy in a charity shop, I think, initially, and then I bought it on eBay. Um, and it was really to, to play with mates again at Christmas type thing, you know, just have a, a bit of a nostalgia trip. Yeah. Um, but it stuck in my head just how good the game was, you know, and I put up a Facebook page uh, probably around the start of 19 or 2017, sorry, market board games they're going through a little bit of a resurgence in in recent years anyway but bringing it to market what kind of problems have you had was was there any right issues especially maybe around using players names because you know how protective all these modern day footballers are of their brands yes um so i, I started to collect just when the idea was decided that we would we would do a modern version of football fortunes I started to collect um, football board games. Now, Football Fortunes is the only one I've ever actually played still, <laughs> uh, but I, I collected a bunch of these things. Um, and it looks like up until about the Sky Sports era of the Premier League, there was quite a few of these things. So you had Gary Lineker's Footballer of the Year. Yeah. There's a, a Terry Venables manager yeah. game, which just looks crazy. Um, there's even, from a Northern Irish perspective, there's a few real curiosities, like there's a, a, a Billy Hamilton game, which is just very curious indeed. <laughs> so there, there was a market and there was a game, you know, a bunch of games in that market, but it seems come up to the Sky Sports era that that really stopped, that fell off a cliff. Um, maybe around licensing, it could have been that it was too expensive for the licensing. I think everything professionalised around football a little bit when, when the Sky Sports and the Premier League era came in. Um, so where we find ourselves is interesting because there's an argument that says that Brian Clough's football fortunes would actually be the first ever fantasy football game. Yeah. You could make that argument. Um, I'm going to make that argument. <laughs> And then when it comes to the licensing perspective, then you have fantasy football licenses, for example, that allow you to use various elements. So you can't use club names, so we won't do that without the license, you know, without the FIFA Pro license. Ultimately, we would pursue the FIFA Pro license if the project was a success, but it'll be sort of like Pro Evolution Soccer in the, in the initial stages where we'll use Merseyside Red instead of Liverpool for this other thing. Yeah. We'll be able to edit those to whatever you like, which is a fairly standard approach. But when it comes to the player names, as long as you're not using likenesses or trademarks, then you can use it under a fantasy football license, and that's what we intend to do. 
That's fantastic. And one of the exciting things for me, because once I discovered your, your Kickstarter campaign, I can't even remember how I stumbled across it, but it got me looking then at eBay and I was like, oh, should I just buy the old game? Because I, I wanted the old players and guys that I remember from my childhood, Kenny Dalgleish and Ian Rush and the big stars of what was Division 1 back in the good old days. But then you've brought out, you, you've hit your, your half, 50% goal, so you kind of brought out a classic pack, so you've got the best of both worlds, you've got the modern day players, and you've got these old classic players, and to me that's very exciting, and I think that's gonna it's gonna draw in a whole new audience I think to this as well, because you're gonna get the young guys and you're gonna get the old guys as well Yeah, I, I think so uh, one intense frustration for me for 32 years has been uh, that John Aldridge uh, was a one star striker <laughs> in the original game um, so the, as, as you know, the, the player cards were all rated one to five. Yeah. In the original game. Uh, he's a one star now. In 1987, John Aldridge was the top scorer in the first division for Liverpool, but he had just signed from Oxford United, um, and no one on the original team actually remembers how the ratings were done. They, they suspect that it was just written down by people in the office, and, and no one no one thought about it too hard. So I've wanted to fix that for a long time. So, uh, yeah, John Aldridge is, is, is going to get fixed in the, in the new rating system. But, yeah, we, we wanted to bring a bit of the original game or, or, or certainly more of the original game into the new one. Um, and the classic player pack just made sense. And once we got to halfway through in the Kickstarter, we could afford to do it, um, which was great. And also we want to add a bunch of players from that classic 19, in the 1980 to 1989 era um, weren't in the original and very inexplicably in some cases so for example Glenn Hoddle Chris Waddle you know I mean these are these guys are legends of the game and they weren't included in the original game so we're going to include those guys as well and also we've we've got a long-standing tradition now of voting for the players ratings on our Facebook page which is a lot of fun and, and causes a lot of consternation in some cases yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah there'll be a new player pack uh, that features all of the original player cards plus I think probably around 60 new players from the 80s era as well. So that that's fantastic. How how difficult has it been to bring this to market? Obviously you've got to, I read a little bit on your Kickstarter page, you've had to kind of source out who's going to make it and the manufacturing and, and everything like that and getting a timely scale. How has that been? And if the Kickstarter wasn't to, to reach the, the 20,000 that you're trying to do, do you have a, a backup plan for bringing this to market? <laughs> yeah, um, so the, the great thing in terms of the logistics of getting it made, getting it distributed, all that stuff is that we do have Giles Hunter from the original team who made, I think they had about 250 games in their catalogue uh, at one time. So Giles is a, an old hand at, at all this stuff both from a retail perspective and also from a publisher perspective. So I've been able to bounce ideas off him now. I'm bringing to the game the Kickstarter stuff and the more modern kind of software online approach um, because I, I'm actually the, the founder of a software company as well. So that's my background. So we've got, we've got a good team there and, and, and a good mesh, essentially, in, in skills. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we looked around a lot. We, we looked at manufacturing options in China we went to a thing called UK Games Expo in Birmingham and met with a bunch of guys that make board games. But um, really, we were, were taken with the idea of making it at home. Uh, and there's a company called Cardamundi 
in Ireland, uh, based in Waterford in Ireland. And it's actually, it, it, it's competitive actually to make the game at home um, as well, which is what we intend to do. It's inflated the price a little bit, but we think the quality is going to be worth it. You know, China can be a little bit of a risk in that regard. And of course we have Brexit looming, so uh, we yeah. don't want to have shipments coming back from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it seems to have really captured people's imaginations. If you were, you can't obviously give too much away, but if you were to reach the funding before the end, are there any other stretch goals that might come up? Do you have future plans, even once it's to market, of maybe upgrading the game somewhere along the way? We did, we thought about this. So we we, have various plans for elite players, for example. Um, and we're thinking about things like special abilities for players, so you can add, you know, a, a free kick ability or a penalty taker ability that'll just make your team slightly better for one game. So with various things, and really, the the intent behind what we're doing is to get a base game released at this point. But because you've got the application, you've got the app piece of it, we can release new features into the app that provide new things in the game without having to make new components. For example, you know. Um, so I think at the point where we could release the first game, we get a get a user base, get a bunch of guys to actually play it, get that feedback, for example, you know, then we would be looking to do version two, certainly, and, and upgrades and various other things. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep it a little quiet because there's a halftime uh, report video that'll go out that'll tell you a little bit more uh, <laughs> about what's <laughs> going to come down the line. <laughs> and I, I don't want to preempt that, I'm afraid. Uh, yes, it'll be on the Kickstarter on the halftime report video. Uh, which is slightly ridiculous and features wigs and uh, false glasses and various other things. So. That's fantastic. Well, good luck with everything. I'm really looking forward to, to getting my hands on a, a copy once it all starts to ship. For people listening at home that are thinking about getting it, I highly recommend it. It's very easy to play, easy to pick up. It's the social element. It's You can get it for £40 plus shipping to Canada. You can also get a, a just a plug-and-play version where you can print off the components yourself, which is nowhere near as much fun, but if costs are an issue, that would just be £8 to get that. And there's also a deluxe version that comes with, with player mats. So we look forward to getting it. Hopefully other people listening to this will as well. And if anyone wants to find out more, where can they find out all, all the details, Marty? Uh, the best place to go is the Football Fortunes website at footballfortunes.co.uk or direct on the kickstarter.com and search for Football Fortunes. And we'll also ship before Christmas, Michael, so it's feasible as a Christmas present for your football-loving friend as well. (laughs) 
Well, we hope to do that. We're launching our own video channel of football games, so we'll be certainly playing that. And thanks for joining us to, today, Marty, and good luck with this. And I'm excited to see what happens down the road with it all. Thank you so much, Michael. Much appreciated. Marty Neil there from the Football Fortunes Kickstarter project. Highly recommend that you have a look at the page. It's kickstarter.com. Just type in Football Fortunes and you will find it there. As of recording this show, so at 11.24 on Sunday night, they have reached over 12,500 of the £20,000 that they're trying to raise. Still got some time to go in that yet, so there's 11 days to go. Have a look at the thing. If it's something that interests you, definitely pledge. Three people from Vancouver have pledged. Let's try and get that number up. Vancouver is the fourth uh, most backing city of this project as well. So the guys all be pleased to hear about that. It's a lot of fun. And as I said before there, if, if you're a game player, if you like board games, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll get you along to one of our recordings and we'll, we'll play some board games with you. And as Marty said there, this will ship before Christmas. So... Ideal Christmas present. You yep. don't need to buy it for me though, Zach, because I've already bought it. <laughs> but yeah, Football Fortunes, it's a, it's a lot of fun and we hope to bring you a lot of fun with either pulled off at halftime or can we play every week? Whenever I like to, to play games or st- stuff at home, I always like to snack. I, I like to have a little bit of food and especially a takeout. If, if you're doing a big game like this, which could take 45 minutes, an hour and a half, depending on exactly how long you, you'd want to play it for, it's always good to get some takeout food in. What would be your takeout food of choice, Zach? Or, oh, I'm not eating the, the carbohydrates, so oh. like a salad with some protein. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> it's about, tasty. What about you, Gideon? You're slim. I like my foot. What's that? You're slim. Mm, yes. I like my foe. I thought you said slump. I was I'm just trying to comprehend what that meant. Um, <laughs> I like foe. Uh, foe is my go-to right now. Ah. For me, you can't beat an Indian. I've tried, but Steve's wife can't. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I've always liked an Indian. Um, getting a little bit into Thai as well these days, but that's a whole other story. So... Part of the plan for the channel as well is maybe get some Whitecaps players or UBC, SFU players, Pacific players to come in, play some games with us. I know some Pacific players that would play. Definitely, we'll, we'll get in touch with them. Scott Sutter will remember stuff like this from his childhood. So the only other burning question is, if we were going to have Scott Sutter playing these games, what kind of takeout food would he have? I don't know. Let's ask him to take me out. Take me out! You're at home, you decide that you can't be bothered cooking. What is your takeout food of choice? Um, something healthy, usually. I kind of, me and my wife, we, we, we yeah, like healthy stuff. But um, if I was to kind of go for something a bit, well, not unhealthy, probably sushi would be the, the thing. Not that it's not unhealthy, but you know. Um, but I do love a pizza every now and then, I'm not going to lie. But, <laughs> <laughs> but usually it's something, I look for something like healthy, you know, kind of these. Uh, um, you know, fresh kind of bowls like quinoa or something like that. You know, oh, some, that kind of like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Went to the shop, went to the shop, went to the shop,
Scott Sutter there talking about his favourite takeout food. And we were just talking during that. I, I need to clarify that when I was talking about beating someone, I wasn't talking about beating Steve's wife. Maybe just worded that wrongly. I was talking about beating Steve and his wife complained about me beating Steve because that's her job. Do you have like an AFTN soundbite of the year? Because I think that would have just... Yeah, that, that could be our start to next sure. week's show. I'm not so sure. <laughs> But anyway, you'll be glad to know, I'm glad to know, that we only have one part remaining on, on this week's show. We're still going. We're still going. Oh. And we will be back with that part after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. song there from the B-52s. I stepped out for a bit there, so I hope I didn't miss anything inappropriate. No, I don't, don't think so. It's Funny, it's a classic. I've never heard stuff. that one, Michael. So You've never heard of Rock Lobster? No. Oh, it was in an, an episode of South Park where they had the lobster dressed up as Osama Bin Laden and he was singing Iraq Lobster. <clears throat> you wonder why I didn't? Yeah. you haven't heard of the song. Well, this song was first released in 1978 when you were just a twinkle in your father's axe eye. Actually, just to clarify that, we have, during the, when we were playing the interview there, we did actually do a DNA test, and I can reveal, Jeremy Kyle style, Zach is not your father. Relief in the building. Yes. It would, the facial hair just put me off. If I had facial hair, then it would be a direct match. Oh, I, he's got such a long beard. Yes. Every time I see his beard, it just makes me wonder what his pubes must be like. <laughs> Oh, that's what they're like. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> B-52's there with Rock Lobster. First released in 1978. It first charted in the UK 40 years ago this week. Got to number one in Canada in 1980. Before it got a resurgent with lots of re-releases that Gideon's never heard. An all-time classic, anyway. Maybe this next Wavelength song will become an all-time classic. August is going to be a month where we, we play songs about football teams. And that was a little taste of what this song was going to be. I don't like this new system they've got here. It's very confusing. Never, ever complain about Steve no, ever never. Please come back, Steve. So this is a song by Grant McIntosh, who has been involved with the techno scene in Scotland for a long time, band QFX and some other stuff. And I don't think we've actually played a techno track before in Wavelength. So this is for all our Transcendence listeners that are, are still with us. This is Grant McIntosh with 
Come on, Livingston. Come on, let's try to send out a message. We're gonna reach for the sky. We can take that dream and make it our own. Take it step by step and bring it on home. Grant McIntosh there with Come On Livingston. Zach, you are always trancing around the world. Did you like that one? I think you might misunderstand trance around the world. I don't know because you explained it to me. But before, I did genuinely think you had music like that on and you were trancing like crazy. But no, it turns out you're not. So that was a, a fun song there. Hopefully everyone liked it. Upbeat tempo. Something for everyone on tonight's show. Uh, maybe not jokes, everyone. Yeah. A lot of hair jokes. Mm. I don't have any. I'm just hair jealous. Heresy. Hair envy. Heresy. I'll be burned for a heretic. Anyway, now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. Do, 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 do. I forgot to put the music on my stick. Do, 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 do. You're listening to BC Soccer Web Headlines. Do, 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 do. We're brought to you in partnership with do, 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 do. BCSoccerWeb.com. Boo! We don't have to pay royalties now for that, so that's good. Anyway, yes, so Steve's not here this week. This is usually his part of the show. So I've got some headlines that he's put together for us and a couple of other ones that I've sneaked in as well. You can probably work out what ones are my ones, yeah. So first of all, sin bins are coming to grassroots football from this season. Rugby-style sin bins are to be introduced at all level of grassroots football in the UK this season. 
allowing referees to send players off for dissent. The FA has announced the 10-minute long dismissals will apply across dozens of leagues in 2019 and 20, including youth, veterans and disability competitions, plus the women's game. Over the past two years, this... <laughs> I had a joke I was going to do there, and then I, th- I thought better of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, Can't I, come I, back. I'm learning. <laughs> that, that's all you want me to do. You just want me to learn. <laughs> if you were laugh- laughing so hard, I might say that's an improvement. I was just like, if it's... No, don't say it! <laughs> please, please don't say it. Whatever it is, whatever it is. you after, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, over the past two years, the system has been on trial in 31 weeks. <laughs> oh, with 25 of them said to have seen an overall reduction in dissent as a result. And 84% of referees, 77% of managers and coaches, and 72% of players are in favour of it brought, being brought in permanently. I think it's a great idea. They won't, release, re, they won't replace your standard issue yellow and red cards. You'll just... Get issued a yellow card and then you go. And players will be sent off for that 10-minute period. There's no plans to introduce it at the professional level. It's going to be up to Tier 5 of non-league level, so not even in the higher levels of non-league football. And and the trial runs over the last two years have been very effective. I I like it. They've got a sin bin in rugby. It works very well. I'd like to see it tried. MLS is a trial league for a lot of things. I would not be averse to seeing that trial over here. It's uh, if it helps uh, referees not be uh, inappropriately abused, then mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Mike Pecky might <laughs> be serving a lot of sin bins. <laughs> the only thing with MLS is they'll be sponsored by something that will be like lap grinder, lap dancers club, sin bins, or something like that. FIFA. We always like our FIFA stories. They're accelerating plans to expand the Women's World Cup to 32 teams by the 2023, the next one. Potential hosts in South America, there's Argentina, Brazil, Bolivia and Colombia. Are those all (laughs) co-hosts? Who knows? I mean, we've seen a, a lot of Brazilians in the Women's World Cup in the past. In Asia, Japan, Australia and South Korea. Uh, New Zealand, if you fancy getting the women down under. And South Africa as well. Surely, though, I mean, concerns over the depth and quality. Who cares if you're FIFA and there's a chance to make money, though? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I mean, it feels like there, no one's watching the games. Like, yeah. this, this, this is not, would no not be helpful. No obviously watched that tie game. Yeah, the tie versus the States. Yeah, this is not, I don't think this is a good idea. Well, the States will run out of celebrations. They surely can't come up with 34 and they're playing Papua New Guinea or whatever. It's it's too much too soon. The women's game has improved leaps and bounds. Yep. But, I mean, you saw it was a push, really, for for this World Cup. I don't see where the quality comes in the next four years. Yeah, and the jump is so quick. Yeah, unless they're going to let more European teams in because there were some good European nations that, that didn't make it. So might be a little bit like the... But the the, it, is, it is talking about eight new teams. Yeah. It's not a couple of European teams. Eight new teams. Scotland should qualify. It's always a plus. Another FIFA story. They're quietly considering leaving Switzerland. They say Swiss law has made it difficult to hire employees from outside Europe. Also believes there's a shortage of brown paper bags in Switzerland as well. But yeah, where where will they go? 
Where would be a good place for Switzerland to land? Ooh. No, not Switzerland. FIFA. Switzerland the state where it is. Where would be a good place for an, FIFA to land? A new safe haven for them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have. I can't see them leaving. Have you? I know it's probably ten or fifteen years old now, but yeah. the buildings they've built there it's, are. It's, not, it's going to be a threat to kind of relax things. I'm pretty sure. Korean fans demanding money back after Ronaldo refuses to play against the K League All Stars. They did not. Refund money when the Whitecaps only sent over their under-23 team, though, last <laughs> Disappointing. Month, so. Yeah. Fans who attended the game were are looking to file a lawsuit. They've got lawyers involved to get a refund of their 59 American dollars. After Ronaldo remained on the bench for the entire match, it was promised he would play 45 minutes. 65,000 were in attendance for Juventus' pre-season friendly, and he was meant to do a signing thing and something as well. You should never go just to see a player. Because there's no guarantee they're going to appear. But if you're told he's going to play 45 minutes and yeah. he doesn't, they are quite right to ask for a refund. Yeah, and this is a preseason friendly, right? This is not a competitive match. Yep. So I, I don't mind when you there's people who want to go see you know one player like in the the preseason tour or whatever. That's understandable. <clears throat> and again, yeah, like you said, when they're guaranteed something and then it doesn't come through, that's 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 got to be frustrating. Some MLS news that we didn't cover earlier. MLS is in advanced expansion discussions with St. Louis and other markets. St. Louis, Sacramento are the two front runners for teams 28 and 29. No schedule, though, was announced as to whether either might be named or when they would be expected to join at the Board of Governors meeting on Wednesday. Charlotte are apparently the favourites of the remaining teams, but Detroit, Indianapolis, Raleigh, Phoenix... Las Vegas and San Diego are also still in the mix. If there's three spots and only three spots and those are the countries or the, the cities, what would be your your preferred three from those? Well, Sacramento. Sacramento. <clears throat> Phoenix. I think Phoenix. Yeah, Sacramento and Phoenix. I, 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 St. Louis apparently have really du- come on leaps and bounds. Well, I don't think Las Vegas can fit the bill. I'm sorry. I, Having I a hockey team there the and a football team. Now, though, because they're hosting this League's Cup final and stuff like that, I didn't know if that was going to be a precursor to see the entrance. Are they hosting and... their stadium in Las Vegas? I hope not. No. I, no. Okay. I think it's Good. one of the the college stadiums. Okay, because their stadium yeah. is rough looking. It's a baseball stadium, I think. Mm. Anyways, I think it's Phoenix, um, San, you said Sacramento, mm-hmm. and either in i mean indeed they'd have to find a stadium because they can't obviously play yeah. the football they have a coach they got the coach mm-hmm. almost experience what's his name again sorry martin rennie is that yeah good yeah. scottish lad can't go wrong with a scottish coach we made the playoffs in his first year oh, i like i like martin rally i've been to because i was at carolina railhawks and I, it's got a really good wait did you play for martin rennie and oh. yeah he played for Rosyth FC in Fife in the junior leagues. Michael was a trainer for a day. It, it was good. I was on TV that day. They needed someone to do the halftime show. I, I was very unprepared and did not look like... I looked more like a person that had wandered in off the, the homeless shelter than somebody <laughs> that was prepared to do a TV interview. But it, it was fine. They subtitled it and everything else. <laughs> but no, Raleigh's got a good base. But if Charlotte are in the mix, Raleigh's not going to be yeah. in the mix. But there's more soccer history in, in Raleigh. So I'd kind of like to, to see them get in. MLS players are preparing for a possible strike. How long have we been talking about this? I know. The MLS Players Association Executive Director, Bob Foose, who I actually 
genuinely am thinking of getting in touch with and getting them on, on the show because I'd like to talk more about this as we get into the off-season. They said that a work stoppage is never the goal, but the union is preparing for one if an agreement can't be reached. Players are already said to be drawing up plans for alternative training and housing options. The deal expires January 31st, 2020. Hopefully they just take it to the, the league and owners and really say, look, we're prepared to strike. We want what we want and you have to meet it because they got screwed over the last time. I mean, the last couple of times. Yeah, uh, yeah. we've been talking about this literally since they signed the last yeah. one. Uh, you remember Jordan and, and Beto were the representatives, and it was just it was not good. Uh, and they had to cave because no one could afford to do it. Yeah. And hopefully, what the the players' union has been doing all along is saying, next time you everyone needs to be ready. Um. I, I, I hope yeah I hope they get I hope they get more just because the owners are playing a very. Uh, I'll call it, they're playing a very, like, we know what they're doing. They're playing a very disturbing and disgusting game. Yeah. Of, and a lot of them are billionaires, not even millionaires. So yeah. it's like, so they're, but they're playing, they're playing this game of, hey, on the soccer ops mon- side, we're losing money, but they don't, uh, they, they don't include the sum money they're yeah, making. I mean, it, it cannot fly when you're taking in these kind of expansion fees to plead poverty. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a touchy topic for sure. But I mean, the, there's always that, you know, part of it that you don't want to have it done too close to the season. But another thing is you want the players to stand for what's right and, and get what they deserve. And that'll be another thing that'll come up, I'm sure, in the discussions. Well, Fuss laid out the union's goals for the new agreement. They include players having more say on where they live and work, as well as a fairer system in which they can compete for dollars instead of being pigeonholed into roster spots, homegrown or domestic or the top 20 and all that kind of nonsense that goes with it. The union's also pushing for more transparency, good luck with that, and accountability by giving the league's teams more freedom to construct rosters as they see fit, rather than requiring approval for MLS. There's been talk they want to get rid of like allocation money and all these kind of things, the DP tags, get rid of that. And of course, charters is the big thing that, that's going to be on the table again. Whitecaps got to Cincinnati when they were meant to, but their plane was delayed and they were close to missing the connection, so... It's it's just nonsense. But it has to be mandated charters. It's no point increasing it because clubs will just not not use them. Yeah. Thief Pro warns of increasing player health dangers in a packed match schedule. At the limit, they're saying, that's their 40-page report survey, they recommend five-day breaks between matches, which will completely screw over the MLS schedule, extra recovery time after long international flights, two-week winter break and mandatory summer break of at least four weeks. They recommend exploring an annual match cap, limiting how many games one player can take part in each season. I love that idea. Managing workloads based on individuals rather than squads. Although there has been some Whitecaps players over the years, I would have maybe put their match limit at one or two, but I, I don't think that would come into it. Collated data on 16 elite players compared their workload over the last 12 months with medical science and health and performance capacity. The report found that some played almost 80 matches and travelled over 110 kilometres last season. Whitecaps this year I think was 56, just for their normal games, never mind anything else. It's something that it's about time that they're looking into this. Especially a league like MLS, they need to they need to work on this. And, and MDS talked about that in my chat with him last week. And you're seeing now how many players are injured this time of year. There's no, there's three games in a week. You have 
like MDS has been saying, you have not even a day to train. It's yeah. just it's videos. Just it's sessions. sitting in a room. Yeah. yeah. So it's not good for the player. It's not good for the team trying to get muster up some energy and and um, form. So I, I definitely could, you know, vote for that. I tweeted out this video last night. Bolivian referee uses VAR in non-VAR league. It was five minutes of added time was in this game. We're in the 12th minute by this point. So already seven mysterious minutes had appeared by the, by the referee. It was... It's uh, up to it is discretion. Yeah. Bolivian top flight game between Club Always Ready. Yeah. Love that. They have, good, love they have good names in Bolivia. And Bolivar. Not That's so good. clever. Yeah. Bolivar. After talking to the fourth official, the referee made the VAR sign and pointed to his ear and then pointed to the spot to give Car Always Ready, who are trailing 1-0 by this point, the home team, a penalty. All sounds fine. We've seen it in MLS every week. Except there isn't VAR in the Bolivian League. So I don't know whether it was the voices in his head he was hearing. But <laughs> he just un- a absolutely check on unbelievable. It's just crazy. They, they took the, the referee's penalty. also joining MLS next season. <laughs> they, took, he took the penalty, they took the penalty and scored, yeah, right? scored and got a point out of that. Yeah. Ridiculous. Maybe, you know, just like young people want to emulate their favorite players... Maybe he was just, I don't know, maybe he just uh, really likes Baltimore or Toledo. Yeah, and he big just. Ismail Alpha. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he's just. What's that? Let's go to review. Okay, yeah, Ismail Alpha. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> People should just start doing this in normal life. If, like, if, you, if you've got the wrong change, put your finger to the ear and then do the rectangle sign. Go, uh, what's what's that? 25 cents short. I was supposed to work 9 to 5.30. Is 10 to 6.30 okay? Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Perfect. Yeah. Let's, let's check the schedule. Let's go upstairs. I, I I genuinely would like to see more football the, stuff just in everyday life. Someone trips over in the street and you go, she fell over, she fell over. <laughs> this this is a video right here, Michael, for... Yeah. I, I, when we were launching the show, that was actually something I had in my mind. We we're going to do some of these fun, fun sketches. The, the people in everyday situations doing the VAR thing would be hilarious. Some barista gives you a bad cough. It's yeah. like, you're so shit, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Talking of shit... Football's worst team won a game. I know what you're going to say. No, I know what you're going to say. We talked about the White Cats winning Cincinnati in part one, but it's not. It's not the White Cats. Fort William in the Scottish Highland League, and we've talked about them a couple of times on the show before. They broke, which is an epic winless streak. They'd gone seventy-three games, eight hundred and forty days, four seasons without a win. Last year, and we talked about this at the end of last season, they finished the season on minus seven points <laughs> because they had, had nine points deducted for an ineligible player. <laughs> so they only had two they got points. two draws. <laughs> Their goal difference was minus 224. Oof. Wow. I believe Mark DeSantis has been scouting them. And a bit of an upgrade in the Whitecaps back line. But this week, they beat Nairn County 5-2 in the North of Scotland Cup. History made. How bad and is Nern County? <laughs> they're actually usually quite good. And two of the goals were absolute beauties. They were thunderbolts, long-range ones. That's possibly why. But the club went crazy. They then lost their follow-up game 4-3, but they're getting better. They've targeted... 4-3? Yeah. They've targeted wow. 15 to 20 points this season. Part of that being because they've got a tie-in with in- Inverness Cali Thistle in the Scottish Championship, and they've got nine players on loan from them. <laughs> I've always had a soft spot for Fort William. When they used to play, I, I collected their programs way back in the 80s when they first started. 
And I've watched East Fife in a pre-season friendly. It's a beautiful, picturesque ground, Claggan Park. But they've had so much attention. Sky's done stuff on it. BBC did a one-hour documentary that's on iPlayer. If, you, if you've got access to BBC iPlayer, it's called The Fort, F-O-R-T. So check that out. It's absolutely fantastic. And a fun thing just to end this segment. We've put this in, especially for Zach. Didn't send this in the ones that we sent you. Hennis the Goat. Cologne's longest-serving oh, club mascot has yeah. retired. No. Yes. He was the best. Popular club mascot Hennis, 12-year-old goat, is stepping down after an 11-year reign due to health reasons. His age-related osteoarthritis will see him see out the remaining days at the local zoo. We will not want our club mascot ever having to stand in pain in the stadium, Cologne managing director Alexander Verla told the club website. After promotion and the upcoming new season. I'm South African for some reason. It is now the perfect conclusion. And in time, Hennis Eighth will enjoy his retirement. Don't know what happened to the first seven Henneths. It's pretty bad, if you ask me. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they're called the Geisbach, the oh. Billy Goats. I've been to the Geisbachheim, the, their home training ground. Hennis is to be given an official farewell at Cologne's season opening on today, Sunday. So look for that video on YouTube. His successor will be presented in front of thousands of fans. It's a pretty big deal. Mm. So up the Billy Goats. Billy Goat Gruff. That is it for our special three-hour episode oh, of The Still Time. Just, what time is it? It's 11.55. Oh, my goodness. We've slightly overran. <laughs> Jeez. It's okay, no one's on after Thank goodness us. it's a holiday. Uh, thank, thank goodness my wife is... Oh, it was a holiday. Thank goodness my wife is on the island. I don't have to, to wake her up for services when I get home. <laughs> she helps edit the podcast. Yes. But just before we do go, what did we learn from tonight's show? Anything? I never realised how crude Michael McCall was. Until <laughs> I've known before, but this is... I miss Steve a lot. I do as well. These buttons are, are not easy to push. He's currently in the ICU, though, getting bandaged up for the beatings that he's been taking. <laughs> but that is it for this week's show. We'll be back at nine o'clock next week as well with uh, another who knows how long that show's going to go for. But Steve will be back next week. Get in. You're welcome at any time as well. Always happy to have a foursome. <laughs> Until then, though, let everyone know where they can find you online. Oh, it helps us switch the microphone <laughs> on. For me, it's at Zachary AM on Twitter, and I'm part of the Movement Curva Collective. And I'm at underscore Gideon Hill on Twitter. Uh, Michael McCoy, you can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada and on Instagram at AFT in Soccer. Thanks for listening. Take care. Remember to pledge your allegiance to Football Fortunes and Kickstarter. And more on the caps. <laughs> Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
Et...